Okay. Or tune in. Mm-hmm. Make, it, yeah. make it sound awesome. We Would should you please auto-tune me. Someone give that guy a beat. Hey, bitches. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Gun Tank. I'm Gus. I'm Jeff Ramsey. Joe Hale. And I'm Bernie. I'm going to be on tune. 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 And then he looked down and was like, shit, did I piss myself? And it turned out that the, the headlight fluid container somehow made it. You need to say headlight fluid? You're a fucking moron. Oh, the lights are dim. Better put some more fluid in there. Dumbest moment in the history of our company. I'm gonna be R2. I'm gonna be R2. I'm gonna be R2. I'm gonna be R2. Drunk tank, drunk tank, drunk tank, drunk tank, drunk tank. I think out of all the entries we received, sorry to everyone else who's entered, that's my favorite. I want to say that wasn't me actually talking, everyone. <laughs> was that was not my actual voice. That's cheating. That's not not allowed. Yeah, I think that's like the second entry you've had doing that, where really? someone throws in me saying that it's the best entry ever. Man. Well, that was a good entry. That was a good entry. Um, you can tell it's a little older. We've since changed the name. We're now Rooster Teeth Podcast. Yes. We're at podcast number 140. So thanks for the auto-tune entry. I don't remember your username, but it'll be in the link dump <laughs> right now. There you go. Check on the website. So t- this week we got uh, Jack sitting here. Hello. And me, Gus, like always, slaving away. You're Gus. And we have a couple of guests with us sitting down to talk. We have a, I always say we have a few guests. A couple have, typically means two. We have a trio there you go. of guests sitting in with us this week from Certain Affinity. Certain Affinity here in Austin, Texas. We have Lori Zawada. That's right. Who's uh, the lead environment artist. Craig Bernardo, who's a senior designer. Hello. And Jason Eubank, who's a programmer. How's it going? How are you guys doing? On what game, Gus? Uh, (laughs) You forgot to mention the game. Halo CE Anniversary Edition, which just came out yesterday. Came out out yesterday. Bernie and I were just at um, the Midnight Launch event in Houston with uh, a couple of guys. Not not you guys, but we were with a couple of guys from Certain Affinity uh, there for the Midnight Launch at Houston at the Microsoft Store, which was a really cool event. went really well. It's, it's weird to think the game just came out yesterday because I feel like we've seen it for the past few months. Like we saw it at Halo Fest, and we got our you know hands on with that. And Gus and I had a chance to check out the maps a little bit early and stuff. And so yeah, we, went, we went up to certain affinity. Yeah, we actually went we went to y'all's Dude. house and actually played up there. But uh, yeah, yeah. So the, it's finally out though. Congratulations on the launch. It's very very cool thank to launch a game. Yeah, so how many games have you guys launched as a company? Yeah. Oh, uh, we should have remembered something. Start out with the hard <laughs> questions. Uh, well, let's, let's okay. roll it back a little bit. Let's roll it back. Roll it back. Roll it back. How did you all get started? How long have you all been working with uh, Certain Affinity? Lori, uh, you want to start? All right, sure. Well, I actually started here January 3rd, but before that, um, I was in the industry for about nine years at Volition. Sweet. So, all right, January 3rd is my birthday, so I got very excited by that date. So, And Volition just shipped... Uh, a, game, a game as well this week. Yep, <laughs> yep. I happen to be credited on two different things on the same day, so that's pretty sweet. Oh, awesome! Wow. Um, how did you get started working for working in video games? Uh, I played a lot of video games. <laughs> thought it would be a good idea to kind of start making them. Cool. You know, thought I could sort of wing it, and eventually, yeah, Champagne had an opening, so I went for it. So, did you start in like QA and work your way up, or? Uh, nope, art the whole time, kind of self-taught. Oh, okay. Bought the expensive programs early on, taught myself because back then there was really nothing that there were none of these really cool colleges out there that teach you about games. So you had to pick through the internet and 
find out what you could. Yeah, it's, how many people do you see coming from like those colleges, like Full Sail and those game type colleges now? I mean, uh, more and more actually. Yeah, and, and some of them are really good. Yeah, it's it's surprising. Uh, I was actually down at Full Sail with uh, Bernie recently and got a chance to check it out. And that place is awesome. Like the the, the tools and stuff they have down there are really really cool. Yeah, it sounds like an advertisement for Full Sail. It's not. <laughs> I, I swear. This oh. portion of the podcast brought to you by Full Sail <laughs> University, Orlando, Florida. Get your sail on. <laughs> No, that, that's pretty cool though. So, so self-taught, and it kind of went from there. Yeah, like we—that's we, the thing with our community. We have a very, very large community of typically younger people. And they're always asking us, "How do we get in the game industry? How do we get in the game industry?" Not realizing that technically, I guess we're in the game industry, Gus. But like, we don't make games. Yeah, and people are like, "Oh, how do you make games?" Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, don't ask I don't make us. The we're, game. we're off. We would give awful advice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, uh, go to the game making company and ask. I, go to the game making computer and make game. <laughs> the, <laughs> the make hit, cool yeah. game button. Absolutely. Well, that's cool. That's cool. So how long have you been working at uh, Certain Affinity, Craig? I've been with Certain Affinity for a little over two and a half years. Uh, I, I actually came from Volition also, from where Lori worked. At oh, the nice. Um, I'm actually a Guildhall graduate from 2005. Nice that's up, how, there you that's go. I got that's up in uh, the DFW area, right? That's correct. Is that uh, like affiliated with SMU or am I? That's SMU. Yeah. yeah. SMU. Look, look at you with the knowledge. This portion of the podcast brought to you by Guildhall. <laughs> he doesn't even have a computer in front of him. He knows all this like off his brain. Um, so you're a, you're a senior designer. Yes, sir. How, how what like what does that entail? What does that mean? What do you do? Yes. Yeah. What do you? Do? Uh, basically, I'm kind of a map owner. I, I create maps originally, um, <clears throat> original layouts, for everything from documentation phase to 2D layouts to, to actually modeling it out and whatever editor, whatever project we're working on, and uh, implementing all the gameplay and play testing it on a daily basis, iterating it to make sure it's fun and has good flow. So I assume that's like a big part of it. Once you release it to the masses is seeing how it flows and yep. seeing like where bottlenecks are, where there's problem areas and then trying to figure out how people are going to break it and yep. things like that. Exactly. Well, it's pretty cool with like Xbox Live and, you know, being constantly connected to the internet now. You can always kind of refine and tweak even after something comes out, right? I mean, we see zero-day patches now, but, I mean, more and more you're seeing the stuff where it's like, you know, you can get in there and refine stuff. Like we've seen the playlist in Halo get altered and stuff and things be tweaked. Like the new the anniversary playlist just came out, right, and they tweaked, like, the pistol and things. Like, right. That's kind of that's a neat tool that developers have now that they haven't really had before, at least not with console games. So, I mean, I'm assuming you guys are taking advantage of that stuff, right? Um, on the weapon side? Well, it's on any side. I mean, it's like just, you know, tweaking stuff after the fact. I well, mean, we, we basically didn't do anything with the weapons. We we just did, we just created the maps and, and used the gameplay modes from Reach, everything yeah. that was available for Reach. That's cool. Just try to make it real polished and have good flow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I've been having a lot of fun on those maps. I, I don't know which is my favorite yet, but I'm going to say whichever... Whatever name Beaver Creek Battle Canyon. Battle, yeah, Canyon. Battle Canyon. Battle Canyon. Battle Canyon. I was owner of that map. That's, yeah. a, that's, a, that's a great map. I've loved every every iteration of that map. Cool. And I've uh, been having a lot of fun on that one. Anytime that one comes up for a vote in a multiplayer game, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Jump on. Yeah. And uh, our third guest is Jason. Hi, how's it going? Good. How long have you been with Certain Affinity? Uh, just over four years now. Cool. And did you come from a technical background? Like from a technical school background? Are you background also from as Volition well? as well? Uh, no, not no? from Volition. I'm actually from. Um, uh, Cheyenne Mountain just before this company, but I, you know, that was in Arizona where I went to school and uh, I went to UAT. To, they have a game degree there. Cool. Um, started out in IT, found out that, you know, business IT people don't really have a sense of humor. <laughs> I decided to go somewhere where my RTFM t shirts would be appreciated, that yeah. kind of thing. So, um, so did you move to Austin to work for Certain Affinity? Yeah, yeah. I was living in Arizona up until this job, so. Um, been in Austin just over four years too. Nice, that's cool. 
And uh, you're a programmer, so what is it that you do? Uh, well, with uh, Anniversary, I pretty much just own the performance. So making sure that the maps are always running at 30 frames a second, no matter what kind of crazy gameplay is going on. Um, you know, just balancing textures and physics and mm-hmm. all the geometry, all the crazy stuff. Now, have you programmed for PC stuff as well, or just, just like console stuff at this point? Uh, well, I used to do PC stuff, but okay. um, since I've been at Certain Affinity, it's been entirely console stuff. Now, I have to ask you, so as a programmer, do you like the idea that 360 and like consoles... I, me personally, I love that everyone has the exact same machine sitting in front of them at home. Like that's like people. Are, well, people, that, they, there, there are differences. Little, some three sixties have hard drives, well, some don't. So, and I'm sure that plays into caching. Actually, yeah, the the hard drive is a kind of a big thing, um, and that's you know one of the bigger problems that we see when we're making these games. But you know, with the Halo Tech, it's already it's established. It, it works. We don't really have to worry about that low level type of stuff. Yeah. We just have to worry about optimizing our content. Yeah. So. But it always drives me crazy. Like when I'm playing, I'm playing like a PC game against someone who has a twenty thousand dollar PC versus my, you know, my boot camp Mac. <laughs> so like, <laughs> you're gonna have an advantage over me every single time. And that's what I love about console games. Like, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, from yeah. a graphics hardware perspective, I totally agree with that. Like you see people who are, you know, Skyrim's the big PC game everyone's yeah. playing right now, and you see like all those different screenshots, like ultra textures, high, medium, low, and it's like and you can see them like all side by side. It's it's so jarring how different it looks. Yeah. Yeah. And so, for a console, you kind of have that one sort of standard, or, I mean, you know, close enough to it now. Like, I know, like, like uh, Battlefield 3 recently had a thing where you could actually, like, download the texture pack or something. Like, yeah. That's, that's, that's yeah. kind of interesting that they're kind of leaning that way now. I wonder if we're going to see more games like that coming out soon, so. Yeah, I think it's just, it's going to get that way because we're pushing these consoles to the limits, and, you know, they are way behind where PCs are today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But well, at least you know when you buy a game that you put it in a PC, or a 360, it's going to work. Yeah, yeah exactly. So. Thumbs up for that. That's always yeah. convenient. Yeah, that, I love, like, between that and the fact that I don't have to buy a video card that costs as much as my console is, like, <laughs> the big reason I'm, I am uh, I switch to console gaming. Then I have a tiny house. I don't have any place to put a, a computer anymore. You don't, you don't have a place to put a computer? No. Really? You, you haven't been in my house, have you? Not your new one. You, you don't have, let people over at your house. I have a one-bedroom house. Like, if I were to bu- put a computer somewhere, I'd have, I don't know where I'd even put it. Um, I'd have to put, like, on my kitchen table. Like, I don't have any space. Yeah. You'd have to put it on top of a dog, let it oh, walk around. I could probably put it like in my entertainment center and oh. use like a wireless keyboard and mouse and like run it through my TV or something. Bathroom, bathroom, I mean, bathroom's a perfect, perfect. place. But for that's it. where I use my laptop, so that's that's <laughs> what's already taken. <laughs> we had we had, a, we had an Xbox set up at the old office in the bathroom, right? At least for a little while we did. Yeah, we did. Then people realized it was really <laughs> gross. <laughs> we, we removed it. Which it should be like a, a take your own controller kind of deal. Yeah, yeah, that's probably a good point. There. <laughs> and I'm sorry we didn't ask Lori, uh, but we should ask. Uh, what what do you do as lead environment artist? Uh, well, actually, I was a map owner, art map owner on Hingham High. Oh, nice. I guess now it's called High Noon. And another classic map. Well, thank you very much. I was kind of hoping you were going to say that instead of Battle Canyon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A little fight. Everyone story. has their their preferences. Uh, and then at the end of that, I sort of took over kind of more task management, making sure all the maps sort of worked a little bit together, make sure everyone talked instead of headphones on and kind of making sure their individual maps looked really good. Yeah. Um, now, now, the Hang'em High map, that's the one with that crazy electric tornado in it, right? That's yeah, right. I think it's beautiful. Like, Thank you. It's one of those things, like, I, I love how you guys kind of took these old maps. It's like, okay, what can we do to make these visually appealing? And then, like, almost every single map has something about it now where it's just like, holy crap, like, what is that, you yeah. know? Like, that, that whirlwind is so beautiful looking, but I feel like, 
unless you know where it is, maybe what, you know, I'll link to our walkthrough video because yeah, yeah. you, you, you pointed out. Unless you know where it is or know to look for it, I think lots of times you're so focused on the action I that know. you don't like stop to like look around and see how exactly how beautiful what environment you're killing people in. Uh, even, even isn't like, it crazy? Because it takes up like a quarter of the entire map. Yeah, yeah. But it's I'm huge. so busy looking down and shooting people, I don't even notice it anymore. Yeah, you, know? you assassinate people or staring at it. You know, right, yeah. <laughs> even like like Battle Canyon. Uh, we noticed this when we were doing the fly throughs, Gus. Where if you pull out and like you fly a camera around, there's a rainbow. There's actually, like, a rainbow, like, kind of hidden off in the distance. I don't know if that's, like, an Easter egg or anything, but I was like, oh, look at that. That's pretty. Yeah, it, like, goes right over the canyon, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. stuff like that. I love that, you know, I love that there's stuff like that you won't, you know, necessarily catch unless you're really looking for it. So. Our skyboxes tell a story of themselves. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, I mean, that's the cool thing is now it seems like all the maps sort of fit into the world, whereas, like, you know, typically, like, you know, your old school shooters, like, you know, like a Doom or Doom 2, something like that, where it's, like, kind of just, like, oh, this is another a random map, or it's, like, you know, the Quake maps, or it's, like, out in the middle of nowhere. It's, like, it's in space for no reason, but now, <laughs> you know, I like I like that everything sort of flows, like, okay, I can understand where oh, this yeah. would be on the planet, or, you know, this would yeah, be on yeah. a station and stuff. We like, took that stuff very seriously. Yeah. Uh, like, we're taking references from other Halo areas, like, that, the whole tornado is mm-hmm. actually, like, a portal. Okay. Which is, like, direct reference to a couple things that were, I think, in Halo 2? Perhaps two or I think even three, right? Like yeah, the end of, the end of yeah. three. I mean, there was deliberate choices why we did that, not just because it looks cool. Yeah, it looked like it was over the uh, that dig site outside of New Bombasa, I think, from Halo Two, right, where they um, open up the portal. Yeah, <laughs> well, well, look, looky there, it's a portal. Um, so yeah, while it's a cool idea, we still wanted to make sure that it all kept within the fiction. Yeah. That's cool. So, I mean, how much of the that sort of Halo lore did you guys get into? Like, how much did you read into it? I mean, did you guys play all the previous games getting into this one? Did you replay Halo 1 over and over again? Oh, absolutely. We re- researched all these maps from, no. you know, from top to bottom. So that's an awesome job when you can say <laughs> that I had to play all the Halo games for research in order to, oh, to do my job. Yeah. <laughs> Time to go to work. We also looked at Halopedia and just read pretty much everything, absorbed everything we could mm-hmm. about the maps. Yeah, our and concept artist is really big into Halo as well. So he, he's like, oh, yeah, I remember this one thing. So here, let me sketch it out really quick for you. And it's great. That's cool. So how many, okay, just like a general idea, how many things like Easter eggs are hidden in each of the maps? I know there's a few. We found a couple already. But, I mean, like, you don't have to say specific ones. But are they just, like, dense, fully loaded with stuff? Like, are people going to be, like, tearing their hair out for years trying to find this stuff? Maybe. Awesome. <laughs> I'll take a maybe. I'll take a maybe over no any day. So have you made a – I haven't looked. I've been out of town. Have you made a Chima Hunter video showing any Easter eggs uh, We We found a few. There's, so there's some, like, hidden Master Chief dolls or, like, some dolls in each of the multiplayer maps that are really, really cool. So I don't know if that, I don't know if that video went out yesterday or if it's going out today, but we've got that one. Uh, the terminals and the skulls, obviously, are hidden throughout the campaign. We've got, we've got videos. Joel and I are doing videos for those right now. And I don't know if you've ever seen a video with Joel, but, man, that guy is crazy. So it's fun to have him sitting in on the commentaries with me. And then um, we've got, let's see, some more stuff coming out today. We're doing a This Is and Halo CE coming out today. And uh, there's there's so many games out right now. It's kind of like we're, we're, we're sort of like, you know, overwhelmed with games. but We're absolutely putting out a ton of content. So yeah, we're super excited to play. it's a crazy season for games right now. Yeah. And so. Well, you know, it's Halo week. It is Halo Week. Absolutely. Well, yeah, Microsoft, uh, the Xbox turned 10 yesterday, right? Yeah, the Xbox as well, because, you know, Halo was a launch title for the original Xbox. So it's, it's, it's crazy to think that it's been 10 years. Like, <laughs> like, I think back and it seems like it was just, you know, maybe a couple years ago. But, yeah. God, that was, that was a fucking decade ago. <laughs> <laughs> what was the first time you played an Xbox, Gus? First time I played an Xbox was at E3 2001. Um, I was, oh, wow. I was at, it was before the Xbox came out. It was yeah. the first E3 I ever went to. Um, like I had, I had been a huge Bungie fan and I had, you know, I saw the Macworld announcement where they announced Halo and then, you know, I knew Microsoft acquired them. And so the whole reason I went to that E3 was to try to play Halo. 
and I went to the um, the, the bungee booth at E3 and uh, got a chance to play uh, a multiplayer build in uh, in Blood Gulch. Oh, wow. we played a, a capture the flag game. Wait, that's right. They, they took photos of you guys playing it, right? Yeah, I like, am. If you look in the Halo.bungee.org archive, you can see there's a picture of me and Bernie playing Halo for the first time at that E3 booth. That's sweet, sweet irony. Yeah, or I don't know. Is that irony? Coincidence. Know. Coincidence. Give you that. That, there you go. Man. Yeah, that was the first time. And then, uh, like, I ha- in fact, I hadn't even pre-ordered an Xbox before they came out because I was kind of scraping by. I didn't have enough cash for it. And uh, like, all of a sudden, like a couple days before it came out, I, I came into some money somehow. Somehow, mm-hmm. wink. And uh, <laughs> like, like the day the Xbox came out, I went down to the GameStop at Barton Creek Mall, and I was like, "Listen, I know it's a long shot, but by any chance, do you have an Xbox and a copy of Halo I can buy?" And uh, the woman who was working there looked at me, and she goes, you are the luckiest person in the world. So I just got off the phone with someone who canceled their Xbox pre-order. Oh, wow. like, so I have one right here I can sell you if you buy it right now. So you bought an Xbox on launch day? On launch. I walked into the GameStop and bought an Xbox on launch day. Wow. And I, I think at the time, you had to buy a couple of games, too. Like, I had to buy... Well, I, I wanted to buy Halo, and then I had to buy, I think... I don't even remember what the other games uh, I bought were. Project Gotham, maybe? Oh, I think... <laughs> was there a dinner or a live game? I bought both of those games. I bought it on the release date, too. Yeah. I actually left lunch and drove for about an hour way out of... I lived in Dallas, and I drove way east to, to actually get one of these Xboxes, and Halo and uh, Project Gotham were the first games that I had. Nice. And over the weekend, I mean, I threw a couple of parties, and basically those parties were drinking beer, sitting around the TV, you know, watching single-player Halo and yeah. racing, racing <laughs> through the Not match. much has changed since then. For 10 years, it's still been the same thing, drinking, yeah. so, playing <laughs> Some people would say I'm stuck in a rut, but I'd say I'm living a comfortable life. Yeah. It's just an HD TV now as opposed to your 4.3 standard. So. so what about you, Jack? What was your first time? The- Week. Hey, now. Uh, the uh, first time I ever got my chance to play an Xbox was actually at my buddy Adam's house when I was going to UT, or his, his dorm room uh, out in West Campus. I don't know if it's dorm, whatever. Um, anyway, he was playing, he was actually playing Halo, and I was like, what, what is this? And like, I, I mean, I was a huge PC gamer back in the day. I was, you know, I, I spent my, my middle school years playing like Doom, Doom 2 overnight, War, World of Warcraft, or not World of Warcraft, uh, Warcraft 2 and 3. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, wow, like a console. Like he handed me the, the giant Duke controller, and I was like, holy crap, <laughs> like this thing is huge. And uh, played it for a little bit, and I was like, wow, this is actually pretty fun. And so, and then uh, after, shortly thereafter, actually, I started working in an ar- a arcade in North Austin and got a, really got into gaming and stuff like that and made friends with, like, the guys who worked at Electronics Boutique, which doesn't exist anymore, I don't think. No, GameStop bought them. Yeah, okay. And, uh, yeah, I eventually bought one. So it was like that and like, that and my, I think, PlayStation 2. I had side-by-side and then really, really got into the Xbox. And so and then when the 360 hit, it was like, yeah. That was, I, I, was sort of, I, I guess, you know, I was, I was big into the Xbox, but, like, once the 360, that was when it really took over my life. So, yeah, I'm sort of a late bloomer, I suppose, <laughs> when it comes to the console, the, the Microsoft consoles. So, but uh, how about you guys, Jason? Yeah, uh, yeah I'm pretty much on the same boat. Uh, Xbox One, you know, I really liked Halo, but I was terrible at it. That was the first <laughs> FPS I played on a console, uh, aside from GoldenEye. And, uh, but when the 360 came out and then, yeah, Halo 3, I was like, yeah, this is it. This is, you know, this yeah. is the way FPSs are meant to be played for me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, the crazy thing to me is, uh, like with the original Halo, I don't know why what you said made me think about this, but, you know, there was no Xbox Live, so you had yeah. to, like, play all of your multiplayer games over System Link. And I don't know if you remember this, but there used to be an application, or there used to be a couple different applications you could run, like, you could plug your Xbox into a hub. Then you could plug your computer in too, and it would tunnel your network traffic over the internet and find other people you could play with. There was like there was a GameSpy application that would do yeah, it. Yeah, I remember that. There was that. another one called Xbox Connect. So we used to always like take our consoles over to one person's house, and if like we didn't have enough people to play, 
we'd always like hop online and try to find other people to play online. Like you, that's how much fun we had with the game. We were like so desperate. We were like, I don't know, running these weird third party applications, trying to find other people on the internet also playing games. Man, land console parties, right? Yeah. Like, do land parties still exist? Does anybody still do that? <laughs> Uh, that was, I mean, I'm sure. Dude, that was some of the most fun ever is to get, like, 30 guys crammed into, like, a house and, like, oh, this watching the power, like, dim. Like, someone to power <laughs> on the computer, the lights would all get dark. And it's like, uh, is that going to be it? And then hoping the breakers don't pop and then, you know, playing games all night. That was so much fun. I, I, I'm, like, I saw so many games doing that stuff. Like, I remember seeing Quake for the first time, like, at a LAN party and, like, that was awesome. But the console, I mean, you think it'd be easier to have LAN console parties, right? I know I was never into that, but Gus, it sounds like something you were doing. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, that's that was a, pretty much the genesis for Red versus Blue was that kind of deal. Was you know we were all sitting together in a room with our consoles playing together, and it was the conversations that we had sitting next to each other that kind of had we, that spawned this whole idea. So yeah, we, we were big into it. Just think now, like you've got Halo CE anniversary, you can play co-op online. So none of that would ever happen. You would have been muted on your headsets just playing and not talking to each other. Yeah, I never played with my headset, so uh-huh. I would have been screwed. Yeah. So I looked it up, the, 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 the Xbox launch titles. I think the ones I bought were Halo, Dead or Alive 3, and I think I bought Oddworld Munch's Odyssey. Wow, Oddworld. So I think I had to buy three. Man, Dead or Alive 3, is that the one that came... Wait, no, was Dead or Alive 4 the one that had Master Chief in it, I think? Yeah. Okay, so... Or five. It was one of the, one of the Dead or Alive games. I don't know which one. So many of those games now. So when you, no, it wasn't Master Chief. It was a Spartan. Oh, yes. Okay, so a Spartan. Yeah. Gus, when you say that you had to buy those games, why Why do you mean that? Was it one of those was, package deals they yeah, forced down your throat? Right. Yeah. yeah, they were like, oh, if you buy the Xbox, you have to buy three games with it. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. I think they were like, if I recall, there were three different levels. You could buy three games, five games, or seven games, and three extra controllers, or something weird like that. <laughs> huh. Man, I bought, I bought the absolute. I bought the minimum three games, and then I bought three extra controllers. Now those were all Duke controllers too. Right? Oh, yeah. Before the S was out, I like the Duke personally. I, know, I, never, tried, I never had a problem with so it. So Gus tried buying an, an S or a Duke controller at uh, Halo Fest. Like they had the ones that Ben Heck made, and so you tried getting one, right? Yeah. Well, God, I mean, they, they gave I think two away at Halo Fest, and uh, one of the guys who got one was just approached by some other random attendee and said, "Hey, I'll give you two hundred bucks for that controller." So the guy gave the guy sold the controller for two hundred bucks. To this other guy, and I said, I'll give you $201 for it. <laughs> he said, no. And I said, 202 He said, no. Oh. And then I said, 500 He goes, nope, not going to sell it. Really? He would not sell that controller. 500 bucks. And I think, I, I, I'm going to double check. I think I read that they, there might be one of those auctioned off at the Child's Play charity dinner uh, okay. next month in Seattle. That's December 8th? December 8th. Hey, hey look at that. Memory, you know stuff yeah. too. I do. Memory. I know some stuff, not much, but we get the right. If you like, cue me on the right stuff. It'll sound like I'm impressive. But, but uh, yeah, those controls were awesome. Like Ben Heck retrofitted them so that they were wireless, and they had like two AA batteries in it. And I guess he also had to make like the sync button so that it would sync with the with the console. That's pretty rad for the for the true Halo experience. <laughs> Now, would you guys call yourselves like like first person shooters now? Like like, are you, what what's the games you guys into? I mean, obviously you've been playing a lot of Halo lately. Is that but is that what you're mainly into, or is that? Uh, I've been switching between all of them. I bought you know Battlefield, Modern Warfare. Uh, I even played some Anniversary last night, obviously. Um, but they're all really good games, so I find it hard to spend much time on any one. Yeah. I mean, especially right now, we had so many. I mean, even just yesterday, we had like five AAA titles hit all in the same day, and it's just. You know, it's it's pretty cool. It's, it's, it's a neat time we live in that, you know, if whatever type of game you're into. Like, if you're like racing games, if you like open world games, if you like shooters, like like one day we had major titles and all of them come out, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, 
It's very, very Yay, holidays. Exciting. Yay, holidays. Well, finally, I mean, right now, like, Achievement Hunter, like, we focus on whatever the new titles are. And so, like, this is sort of our super, super busy time. But after Thanksgiving, like, when everyone's buying games, that's when we can finally sit back and relax a little bit. Catch so, up on all the, oh my all the God. achievements you missed. I know. Well, it's it's tough. Even now, like, um, I was playing, I played Assassin's Creed Revelations last night. I played it to, like, 1 a.m. just trying to beat it so I can move on to the next game. And it's like, we've got two guys working on Halo CE. We've got a guy on Saints Row. We've got, I was working Assassin's Creed. We're doing maps, and it's just... All over the place. So wow. much stuff going on right now. So trying to crunch it. Oh my god, man. So and I'm, I'm like, I'm trying to get to the point where I can get to Halo CE anniversary and actually just play it. Like I'm really, really excited for it. And so yeah, boohoo, what a hard job you have. Uh, and I, I got to play. play. I was up till one a.m. playing, playing the game. <laughs> my life sucks. <laughs> you play, have you played any of the campaign yet, Gus? What of Halo CE? Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, one thing I noticed, I saw Joel playing it upstairs, and one thing I noticed is uh, right, right at the very, very beginning when when uh, Chief is still in the the cryo tube or whatever, the little the look around button, the uh, the thumbstick. Yes, I noticed the, that too. It's the old school thumbstick. It's like the one from the original controllers, not the the three sixty one. So yes. whoever whoever's idea that was, props to you guys. So. Yeah, I kept flipping between classic view and the new normal view or the new view to see if that that uh icon would change yeah but yeah i definitely noticed it was that rounded one that's pretty cool though um that's that's super xbox nerd stuff right there. yeah <laughs> <laughs> i would spot that so i think so far in the multiplayer my uh my favorite hoppers are the classic ones yeah like i don't i like the ones with no equipment and like the like the maps are very locked down very much more true to their original self like i know for Battle Canyon or Beaver Creek. Yeah, there's there's a couple of different options. Like you can get it in classic mode where there's no dugout area behind the bases, or the I don't know what to call it, not classic mode where you can walk into the canyon and there's like that overhang and the teleporter and everything. Yeah, well, it's funny. I mean, jumping into those old maps is just like. It's, it's, it's like going to grandma's house. Like, you remember most of the roads, but you don't know all of them. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. And, like, stuff started clicks in your head again. And it was, I mean, it was absolutely like that when, when Gus and I were playing. Like, I hadn't played those maps in years. And then jumping in, I was like, oh, yeah, I know exactly where everything is. It's like, yeah. oh, yep, there's the rockets. There's the sniper. And yeah. I'm dead. Yeah, we, uh, <laughs> I, one of the games I jumped into last night, someone, uh, we were in, uh, God, I keep talking about Battle Cannon. I'm sorry. I, I keep voting for it, so I played it a lot last night. Sorry, no, no offense to my other favorites. <laughs> Laura's going to hit you right now. So um, great. But, like, we jumped into the game, and someone was like, oh, where's the rocket launcher? I don't even know where it is. And everyone on my team was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> like, it's been in the same place for 10 years. <laughs> it hasn't left. It's like, it's the one thing you should know where it is. Yeah. The rocket sniper and, and uh, blade, you need to know where all those are. You mm-hmm. know, the energy sword. Oh, man. No energy sword in Halo 1. Not in Halo 1? No. No. It's, it's, well, it's under the uh, the overhang, or over under the uh, the, yeah, the bridge, right? If in you're the, not playing, I, like, I, I've been playing a lot of classics. So all right, all right. No sword. You're old school. Yeah. Okay. So that, do you, That's what I remember best. Do you guys have a favorite map outside of yours, the ones you worked on, or outside of Battle Canyon for you? or uh, For multiplayer, I'm going to have to say Penance, probably Damnation. Yeah. And I, I, I also was owner for uh, Installation 4, the Firefight map. And oh, awesome. I, I really liked building that map, just you know, setting up all the AI and... And just uh, bringing that map to life. It's yeah. all single-player space. That's so for the fun. first time in that map, it's a firefight map, you could have AI Marines help you out playing firefight. Yeah, they're actually ODST. Oh, are they ODSTs? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. That's something we wanted to add. We wanted to try to keep it as close to the original. Well, I mean, to having AI up on the deck, helping mm-hmm. support. Uh, but we also switched out. We didn't use the Phantom dropships. We used the tuning forks. Mm-hmm. 
And every once in a while, you'll see a banshee pop in. So you got to look at the sky. You got to look up at the skies every once in a while, and you get <laughs> yeah. you know, it'll wreck you. Now that, that was one of my favorite things when when Gus and I were playing the firefight uh, when we visited. I jumped in a warthog and I had a, a, a ODST jump on the gunner, and it was it was great. So Gus kept you know he was on his chain gun up the uh, the base, and I was just driving around shooting stuff. And I think my gunner actually took down a banshee. Yeah. So I was like, ah, sweet. You know, it's like I don't have to do any work. I, see, I'm, I'm terrible at shooting, but when it comes to driving, I'm actually pretty good at driving. You drove off the cliff. Okay. <laughs> you drove straight off the. Cliff. Not straight. I, you can you cannot I, sit here and say I, you're good at driving. I deflected off the cliff. I didn't drive straight off the cliff. I wasn't aiming for it. I, I hit a rock. No, officer, I only it. had one beer. <laughs> no, I don't need any more. I don't think you Well, that's either. okay. At the end of every set, we, we'll drop off a new warthog. Okay. Pelican flies in, it drops it off, and I believe there's an ODST guy manned on, manned on the turret. Yeah. Yeah. So you have lots yeah. of opportunities to drive off the cliff. Absolutely. There's plenty of warthogs to destroy. <laughs> yeah, there's also an Easter egg in that map. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Can you give us a hint at it? Um, I would say we blocked off the one thing that we did different with this map is we blocked off the sub level to it. Okay, there's those two little satellite little structures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so yeah. Just, I'd say just kind of go in those every once. Pe- peek time. around, see if there's yeah. anything in there. All right, cool. We'll, World exclusive. I know. <laughs> we'll be on it today. So, uh, so how often do you guys check like YouTube and like you know the the game facts and stuff like that to see if stuff has been spotted? Like, are you guys actively doing that now? Being like, oh, has anyone found it yet? Has anyone found I think, it? Yeah, pretty much. People at the studio sent out emails all day. Oh, really? You know, and uh, a lot of that's coverage for, you know, all, all of our maps. Now, do you guys troll forums, like like teasing people, like misleading information or anything like that? No, or? Not that I know. No? I don't think no. So. no, come on. That's fun. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Someone might, but they won't fess up to it probably. I've been leaking red versus blue plot points for years. <laughs> Quote, unquote, plot points. Not really. Our marketing guy might be doing that, but I don't okay. think anybody is... Honestly, going out of the way to do that. Well, I mean, that's got to be crazy. I mean, like, you put so much stuff into it. It's kind of cool to actually see the community finally take it on and be like, okay, what are they going to do with it? You know, and I can only imagine what it's like to sit there and be like, okay, what? And like, all right, has anyone found this yet? Is it what's going on? Like, just hiding little stuff. I mean, I know, like, we, we've thrown uh, Easter eggs in, like, Red versus Blue this season. And it's, it's kind of fun to see if anyone picks them out. And it's kind of like, you know, like numbers or, you know, things like that. Like, small stuff that's important to us that, you know, if you know what it is, like, oh, yeah, that's obviously what that is. Yeah. So I think we have one obvious Easter egg, and that's Timberland, our Timberland remake. Okay, that was all. That was on, on the PC. That was originally that was designed by right? Gearbox. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When they ported it to the PC, they they actually got to design their own map. So, uh, Certain Affinity and three four three. We thought this map had great vehicle flow, mm-hmm. and it and it would work really good for the objective gameplay modes like Capture the Flag territories and, and King of the Hill. So. We both uh, just totally agreed on that one, brought it back, and made it look beautiful. Yeah, made that's some iterations to it. Yeah, yeah, it feels like it's a little bit, and correct me if I'm wrong, it feels like it might be a tiny bit smaller. You're right. Yep. Like, I remember it being almost too big before, where it's like you'd walk from one side to the other, like, ah, oh, what the hell was I doing? <laughs> yeah, it's, I feel like you, you've compressed the action down a well, bit more. Definitely, like, every map probably goes through two or three months of just pure daily gameplay testing before it even gets handed off to an artist. I mean, that's how serious it is so that, you know, everything's really figured out. They shrink down the maps, you know, just get it just right and then gets passed to us. So it's not like, okay, it's good enough here. Yeah, nice. You know, a lot of uh, – for Halo 1 and even Halo 2, the character w- was a little bit – the player, they would jump a little bit higher, mm-hmm. felt a little bit more like a low gravity. So, you know, whenever we, we basically got the source files for all these maps, we imported them into the Reach engine, and we had to make some small adjustments. We had to massage the maps to make sure you can jump up on certain boulders or whatnot. For Battle Canyon to be able to get on top of the, the roofs, right. we had to we had to d- make some sl- slight massages. Yeah, you also have to keep in mind now, like the equipment. I mean, like there weren't jetpacks in Halo One, you know. Yeah. And now it's like all okay, armor abilities. Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming now, like people are going to be trying to break your maps. Like, how how, how much do you you know 
actively pursue those guys and like, okay, they broke our map this way, we're going to fix it in the next patch or anything? Or I is think that for the, about the last three months, we had a couple of different testing teams just trying to break the map. Really? So we really, cr- we really tightened the screws and man, that's great. Crack down on that because there's so. nothing more disappointing than like when finally that you know that asshole finds a way to, to break the map <laughs> and uh, ruins everyone's fun. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. everyone knows that was a problem with all maps. Uh, basically, just looking out into the skybox. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just had the we, we have these return to battlefield volumes that we put everywhere, and it's a countdown. If you're in them for more than ten seconds, you die. It's like the guardians murder you or whatever. Yeah, yeah I remember like we when uh, I used to be the commissioner of Griffball way back in the day, and uh, I remember when people would make Griffball maps before they'd figured out the phasing and in, in Forge, where literally is just like stuff stacked, you know, how it was supposed to be stacked. And, like, watching people break those maps, I was like, God damn it. And I'm like, okay, get with the map guy. I'm like, okay, they made it through that little gap right there. What can we put in that gap right there and keep them in? And, but now, I mean, it's, everything's so advanced. And the tools now that you've given to the community are they're so awesome that it's just like you can make pretty much anything you want in that game. I mean, I mean horse. I mean, like, we, we do different stuff in horse every single week. And it's all based on, you know, the tools we've been given. And, well, the community has been given because we're not nearly talented enough to make those maps. But... <laughs> Um, it's very, very cool. It's, it's an awesome game, though. It's super. I, I love it, man. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's a uh, one of my probably one of my top games ever. One well, of my top favorite games ever. It's, it's going to be the most important game of your life. Yes, right? it I is mean, definitely the most. You're, you're sitting game in a building life. that was partially funded by. <laughs> it's crazy to think that you know from that like the the. The, the journey that a person takes, like thinking about the first time that I played the Xbox at that E3, you know, ten and a half years ago to, to now. Like approaching it as a fan, you know, paying my way out to L.A. to try to play this game before it came out to where now, like I'm so lucky I got to go to, you know, y'all's office up at Certain Affinity. I got to play the maps before they came out and got to do all this stuff. I mean, hell, you're in Halo 3. I mean, yeah. that's, that's surreal, dude. You went from watching Halo 1 to being in Halo 3. That's right, baby. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm an Easter egg. <laughs> I think a lot of us were talking about that too in the studios. Like, where were we ten years ago? Yeah, yeah. Because then we do have some people who were on the original Halo that um, at certain affinities. So like, oh yeah, you know, now now look at us or other people who were fans mm-hmm. ten years ago and now they're working on it. And yeah, I mean, it's ten years. We all just sort of sit back with a beer and be like, oh, we're exactly like this. Where were we ten years ago? Yeah, yeah. It, it, sometimes I feel a little old. We have some interns here who are like, oh, I remember when this game came out. I was twelve. <laughs> like, Shut up. Get out of here. <laughs> Man, so okay, so uh, so what's next for you guys? I mean, like you're you're getting Halo out the door now. I know, um, yeah. I mean, what do you have? What, what what do you have coming up? Is there anything you can talk about right now, or is it all under wraps, all secretive? It's pretty much under wraps. Yeah. yeah. So there is something, but we don't know about we're, it. We're for brewing a while. something that's going to be pretty exciting. All right, we can't talk about it. Sorry. So <laughs> that's that's cool. I, wanna, I also want to point out you guys made um, you guys made Crimson Alliance too, which we talked about a little while back. We had a great time playing that game. That was a lot of fun. And Jason, you worked on it, right? Yeah, mostly uh, tools, but I did a little bit of audio work and some of the scripting stuff. Cool. That was kind of neat. That like, I mean, you guys announced that at RTX, our event we had in Austin. And it was kind of cool to see that game go from announcement to release and be a part of that. And it was very, very fun. And, you know, we got to go to the launch party and have a few beers, too. So that was good. So. Yeah, that was actually a really good launch party. Uh, one of the better ones since I've been at the company. Definitely one of the better ones. <laughs> yeah. I think I was out of town at the time, so I missed it. I was, oh, that's right. I was out of town for my anniversary. Yeah, you were out of town. And then, like, the majority of the team was actually working on season nine. So it was like we had sort of the, the scrub team show up to the party. <laughs> it was like me and a couple other guys. So The free beer team? Yeah, the free beer team. <laughs> The, the, the let's destroy the tab team. So, so y'all, uh, I mean, not maybe y'all specifically, but certain affinity has had a busy time. Like now that you mentioned uh, Crimson Alliance, like you've had uh, quite a few games you've been working on here recently. This year, we released uh, early part of the year released DLC one for Black Ops, the first map, first strike map pack. 
Wow. And we also released um, Defiant Map Pack for Reach. Okay. DLC 2. Mm-hmm. And then Crimson Alliance. And now Anniversary. So that's four four projects we we. All in one year. Door this year. Yeah. Yeah. How many people, a lot of parties. How many people do you guys have in your, uh, your studio? We're up to about 60 now. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, it's almost 70, actually, I think. And actually, that's, uh, to me, that seems kind of low. Like, I, I worked at a company once where it was like, you know, we put out one or two games a year, and we had like almost 200 of us there. Yeah. So it's, it's You amazing. worked there. Yeah, that's, <laughs> uh, you have a good point. <laughs> but uh, that company's still around. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's amazing, like, the, the amount of work, like, like, smaller groups can do. I mean, that, that's that's cool. So, And we are getting a lot bigger, though. I mean, when the company started five years ago, it was started by, you know, five people, and now we're almost up to 70, so... We're going pretty fast, and we've got a bunch of uh, you know a bunch of jobs posted on the site. We'll probably be even up to eighty by uh, next year early. Wow! So if you're listening to the podcast, you can get a job at Certain Affinity. That's right. We moved to Austin, Texas, which is the best city on the planet. And if you're listening to the Enhanced Podcast, you can click on it right now for the link in the link dump. Oh, listen to that. Um, do you find yourself? Do you all ever find yourselves working on many projects or multiple projects at a time, or do you all typically focus on one? at a time and get it done before moving on to the next one. For design, we pretty much, we're, we're working on one project. We're just cranking away on it, make sure it's high quality and fun. Put a lot of, put a lot of effort uh, to our multiplayer maps, make sure they're, they're, they have good flow and just set up correctly. All gameplay modes are, are fun, we know, with all our map mm-hmm. packs and stuff. So, Yeah, um, I haven't been here for that long yet, but it is tricky when you're kind of winding down one project and then spinning up the other one. Mm-hmm. So there, sort of your brain starts splitting into two because you want to think about the next one, give it some attention, and then you still have to make sure you close out the first one. Do you have a long? Do you typically have long periods of overlap, where like as one's slowly declining, another one's ramping up? Uh, it really depends, but you don't have like the full team, so it's like over a while, oh. like some people like move off, and then there's this little skeleton team that is left behind to sort of button up everything. Yeah, for the most part, design finishes out pretty quick. Art has to finish out the content. We have a few designers that will stick around on the project just to make sure that uh, everything works, everything functions, and uh, that's how we transition. Nice. What about from the programming side? Uh, Well, it was a little different. I mean, I did get pulled off of Crimson Alliance to work on um, Anniversary, but I stayed on that until the absolute last day. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's just because, you know, with... With program or with tech technical issues on that, um, anything can happen. It can come back from cert failing some weird bug or you know who knows what. So always need a programmer there to uh, put out the fires. And cert is where you guys send the game to Microsoft to, Certi- for like final approval, certification. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's a whole process there. That's one thing that you see. I like that about console games as opposed to PC games. Isn't you know like PC games? There's no sort of there's no like gateway there. There's like nope. This is this thing is not ready to come out yet. And where's you know Microsoft? It's like they license these games out, right? So it's like if it comes out for our console, it's gone through at least some sort of process. So well, some yeah some quality sort of, control. Yeah. yeah, that's good. I guess you could argue on the PC side of things. Maybe the publisher does that, but they're incented to get it out the door and and make money as well. So exactly, they're not quite as thorough. As someone who worked at a PC publisher, I can <laughs> attest to that, absolutely. But anyway, that's a whole other story for a different podcast. Oh, man. So, um, well, crazy. I mean, this is really cool. So, I mean, how, how excited were you guys to actually learn that you are going to be working on Halo C Universal? Like, when did, when did you find out that you guys are going to be doing this? I think it was uh, about the first, no, it was last year, mid, mid-time, mid-part of last year, late, late summer, perhaps. Oh, man. Uh, you know, we were basically finishing up um, the Defiant Map Pack, mm-hmm. 
and we, we, we were, you know, we're working with uh, Reach tools, Bungie tools, 343 tools, and we felt pretty comfortable with them. So when we went into anniversary, we were able to crank out some really good, fun, high-quality content. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, you guys thought about it. So you had it. I mean, you were working on it about well over a year before it was announced. Like, that's crazy, man. Like, to, I mean, how, how difficult is that to keep away from, like, people you know that, you know, you don't work with that you can't talk to? I mean, like, being under an, an, an NDA like that, that's tough to say. <laughs> Like anyone, so, yeah, what, was it? It, it was just announced this past E3, I guess. Right? Yeah, it was, it was announced at E3 this year. That's crazy. I, I know Bernie and I were there at the Microsoft press event. So yeah, I guess it went from announced to being released in less than six months. Yeah. Heck, I know. I remember when I was interviewed in January, they didn't even tell me what I was going to be working on. Oh, wow. Like, well, we're working on this Crimson Alliance and something else really cool. Okay. <laughs> like, do you like good. do you like really cool things? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Maybe you get a job with us. <laughs> yeah, keeping the secret is is. Pretty much the nature of the beast in this industry. Yeah, uh, that, that, you know, we, we we haven't really heard of any leaks during the process. Yeah, so everything yeah. seemed to, to work out nicely. And kind of between studios too. There's an unwritten rules for where because lots of friends are in other studios. You just don't pry. Yeah, you know better because I mean they have to be quiet and then you don't want to get them in trouble and you don't want to get in trouble. So yeah, you, know, well, you just smile and nod and drink beer. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. don't so, talk about anything. Just don't drink too much beer because then stuff starts spilling. You know. Well, yeah, being in Austin too, there's a lot of game dev studios here, so you got to really watch what you say when you go out to lunch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everything's in code words. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it, I mean it's cool though. I mean it's like I mean the Austin community especially, like it is this growing community of games. But you do see people shift around, like you know you had the old like Iguana Entertainment. Like, that was one of the first. Oh companies god, here. yeah. They did like you know they did NBA Jam, NBA Jam, and then you had Origin, which you have sort of those two camps, and like it seemed it's almost like uh, like an NFL when you have the coaches that have like the coaches underneath them, whereas like you can see where they can literally trace back where they came from. It's all like that, and it always I always go to football coaches. I don't know why I do that yeah. in podcasts, but uh, but it's kind of cool. I mean, like anyone anyone you talk to typically can find a link back to the, one of those two companies, like and if they're if they're from the Austin area. And so, you know, Richard Garriott here in Austin, and that was, he was a huge influence on the whole community. And then, you know, I mean, does Microsoft have a studio out here? Aside from you guys, did, did they have one before? I know they had Digital Anvil for a while. Um, I don't know if there's been another yeah, one. I don't think so. No? Twisted Pixel recently. Yeah, Twisted Pixel. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. We're friends with those guys. Did we have them on the podcast? No, we have not had them. I guess I should invite them. If you're listening to Twisted Pixel, you should come on the podcast talk about your games. We helped them, though. We were actually in Gunstringer. That's so, awesome. Or you guys were. Yeah, I was. We did a commentary, some commentary tracks for Gunstringer. Um, but yeah, I can't think of any other Microsoft Studios in in town. Well, I, I thought they had like a call center or something like that. I, I, I think they have offices. Yeah, yeah. But I don't, as far as games, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing how big the gaming industry is getting, at least in the, in the Austin area. I mean, even you know, like EA is opening up a brand new studio here. The new oh yeah, for EA, EA Sports. EA Sports is opening up. Right. And then, um, I mean, it, damn, there's so many. I, I, here recently too. I, yeah. I, I was at Tiburon when they announced that they were opening the uh, the Austin <laughs> office, and I was like, "You guys need to move to Austin. I don't, have to, I don't have to fly out here to see you guys anymore." Yeah, I don't think they're moving. No, you don't think so. <laughs> it's probably all new guys here. They're, they're close to Disney World, right? They're in Orlando. They can go visit Universal Studios anytime they want. <laughs> I guess so. Lucky them. All right. Well, I don't want to keep our guests here too long. Absolutely, they're looking like they've got to get back and start working some more I'm on sure. whatever the next secret big project is that You're we're working on super anxious for. That you wouldn't share with us. <laughs> <laughs> That's just so you can invite us back later. Okay. There we go. Yeah. All right. So tons of Easter eggs hidden throughout the maps. Maybe that we're gonna. You know, so if the community's out there and finds anything cool, make sure to let us know. We'll make we'll make videos for it, and then you guys will watch the videos and be like, "Yep, that was one of them." Mm-hmm. We need confirmation from y'all if we find something cool. Fair enough. There All we right. go. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. Well, thanks so much for coming out, guys. We really appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate Thank it. you. And in a podcast first, we're going to have a second segment. So stick around, listen to this, and we'll be right back.
On sale now at roosterteeth.com slash store. Red vs. Blue Season 9 DVD and RT Shorts Volume 3. Buy them each for $19.95 or buy a combo for $34.95. Use promo code RTPODCAST01 for 9% off your order for 9 seasons. Offer good through Sunday, November 20th, 2011. Again, that's Red vs. Blue Season 9 DVD, $19.95. RT Shorts Volume 3 DVD, $19.95. Or buy the bundle for $34.95. Get 9% off with promo code RTPODCAST01. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, we, for the first time ever, we did two segments. We are on segment two. Are you double checking my work over here, Brandon? Yeah, it was weird because we just started. It's weird not having the intro. Oh. I, I'm not. A, I, I can't do it, man. We can I do need one, to get. I need to get in the mood. We've one. had. We've had other segments before. Have we? Yeah, just recently. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, oh yeah, never mind. We've I'm checking your work. And guess what? I'm checking. Guess your what I did this time though. You haven't heard it. I made a commercial. Get the fuck Boom, out. Boom. There's a commercial between segments for what? Red vs. Blue Season 9 DVD, now in stores. Army RT Shorts Volume 3 DVD, buy a bundle, $34.95. That'll pay the drunk tank bills. <laughs> Use promo code RTPODCAST01 for 9% off. Hey, I thought, you, I thought you were just phoning it in. Like, at this point, it's just all autopilot. What do you mean? You don't even know what the podcast is like anymore. You barely listen to it. I, what, you, like what the program. fuck are you talking about? I listen to the podcast so much. He edits you the didn't fucking know, thing. But no. That's what I'm saying, though. But it's just like it's like one of those things that takes place in the back of your mind. Like, you'll identify Wait a mistake. What do you mean that's what I'm saying? You said he doesn't listen to the podcast. No, but you corrected, him. Goes, you corrected him. You corrected You corrected him. You were like, oh, we've done a segment. Gus was like, I don't remember that. It's a lot of so, content. This so, fucker, how much content this have you produced? This is episode 140. And That's what I'm like, saying. I'm not saying it's your fault. I'm you're just saying, saying they don't it's listen a, to it. No, no, I'm not saying it's your fault. I'm <laughs> just know, saying it's I a mean, natural thing where it's like you've done so many, your your brain has become it's numb. It's hard to listen to these guys in real life, but to have to like relive every fucking conversation and listen to it over again. That's gonna be. Hey! We would like to welcome Jack Patillo. Okay, so people, I, people here, we have, twice. Do we have do you, Bernie, you you have to do you, Bernie Burns, how, Joel Heyman, Brandon Farmer, talk. And now Jack Patillo. No. You can always tell when Joel is on the podcast because it's multiple people talking at one Dude, time. No, no, it's not multiple people. It's two. It's someone <laughs> yeah. trying to talk and Joel. I don't That's know what, what I'm saying. saying. I don't understand. Dude, and Joel, Joel and I did possibly the funniest commentary for Achievement Hunter ever. Oh, it'll, yeah. it'll be up later today. It's the uh, the collectible uh, the skulls and the terminals for uh, levels seven and eight in Halo CE anniversary. We That's actually awesome. put we actually put an Easter egg in the video. Joel's a funny fucking dude. No, I'm not. But thank you. But you we guys- did put an Easter egg. In the video yeah. that you can unlock, that you probably <laughs> unlock just the, you, sure we did. Yeah, Jack, I, no, why you got to undermine <laughs> it? Why do you got to undermine the cutscene? There's a great cutscene. It's hidden. Don't bang the fucking table. I, I have to make my point from an wow. outside perspective. The, you, By jabbing your see, finger into the listeners' ears, <laughs> Joel actually does have to bang the table when he's talking. That way, someone else is making noise while Joel's talking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to compliment Jack. Everyone's interrupting. You guys are you guys are really really pushing it, really kicking ass. Man. Yeah, man, we're putting out a, great. We put out nine videos yesterday. We put out eleven videos on Monday. So we've got a lot of content. We put up a there. video last month. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that you shot four months ago, right? <laughs> no, no, no. We you know we wanted to uh, wait a little bit before the DVD comes out, and you know, give somebody who gets the DVD some content that hasn't been released yet. Yeah, Red vs. Blue just finished their twentieth video of the year. <laughs> so how many sh- that? Yeah, you don't, you, know, you don't do anything. You, you probably don't even watch Red vs. Blue anymore. I don't even know what it is. <laughs> well, no, we've had the most shorts in this last DVD that we've ever had. We actually How many was a, it? Um, 30. And we what? 30 videos. There were some that were uh, left yeah. off. I mean, we yeah. had more, right? Am we I had wrong? a couple we could not include. So, I mean, we because had more... people care about trademarks. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally hypocritical. Copyright infringement. Hypocritical. <laughs> 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 because that's like the, one of the things I do is, you know, when we have trademark infringement on a, or oh, copyright restrictions. So, one of the things you do is to produce videos that then get pulled? Is that what I'm hearing? I, I know. I pull Red vs. Blue DVD. I pull, I pull your videos. Don't interrupt the creative process. 
<laughs> he's over here criticizing Gus, and he says, "This is what I, I was criticizing him." I was, I, I felt that I was trying to understand everybody his life. Everybody shouted, "Say Gus has to do so much work." Gus. DIY, DIY, double gold. No, you guys are giving me a headache. DIY is over. Just yeah, I preferred it when our headphones weren't working. DIY. So, Gus, can you explain? Listen to all this. Stop! Hold on! Stop, motherfuckers! You're all fucking talking over each other. Wait, Cut it the fuck we listen, out. We figured out if they listen to the podcast on separate channels, then they have... <laughs> they I would like listen. to request a question. <laughs> request granted. Gus, could you explain the problem with our headphones? Gus <laughs> 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 is no. drooled. I drooled all over myself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's so excited to talk about technical issues you know, that he just works himself into really, He literally drooled on himself. Oh you know how during the last episode <laughs> was so disgusting. <laughs> The fact that you have to listen to that. Be professional. <laughs> Be professional. It makes it worse. We have to relive that in our mind. Um, you know how – I'm making my sad face for Bernie's picture. You know how during the last segment um, people said their headphones didn't work yeah, at the very yeah. end? Uh, I was like, well, that's weird. So I sat down to try to figure it out. Someone had plugged the quarter inch or the mini stereo jack into the quarter inch port with no adapter. So it was just this tiny little <laughs> plugging table. in. It's, it wasn't really plugging in. It was resting in, in there. Was, yeah, it was resting. Who the hell set that up? I think it was Carrie. Oh, well, I can't Carrie. make fun of it. He, he set everything else up right. It was the one thing he, he kind of got wrong. So Brandon was criticizing you Your just a moment ago. Now, by the way, as well. He was criticizing you for not listening <laughs> to the podcast and doing a poor job of that. Uh-huh. I never said Brandon, poor. Why? Brandon says now that he's in tar- charge of trademarks and that's what he does. Why are you living in the past? In the history, <laughs> while we're talking about the past, in the history of our company, how many videos have we had pulled because of trademark infringement? In the history of our company. Zero? Zero. Until... This year, yeah. when somebody was in charge of trademark yeah. and copyright stuff, <laughs> and we have our first video pulled ever because of it. Well, here's a That's sentence. That's a lie. Here, here's a sentence. No, you're a lie. <laughs> you're a lie. Gus was the one who showed me how to do it. How? Oh, God. All right, so the real no, no, question no, no. is... How many have we had pulled that we created is what he's saying. <clears throat> the real the oh. real question is how many videos? <laughs> one. Yeah. One that you're aware of because it was during your tenure as safeguarding our trademark infringement policy. No, you guys had you guys had a video pulled, right? That's what we're saying. We had one video pulled. Yeah, no, I'm, saying, saying I'm saying before you. So we had the DMV sketch pulled yes that's where the dmv sketch went for the shorts that's why it's not an rt shorts dvd either because the state of texas go green you know they have a lot of lawyers on staff wow go figure that watch internet videos apparently <laughs> that's all they do during the day yeah we think it was because and i'm not trying to blame anyone here because it was an awesome idea but we put in a request for a rooster teeth license plate that is correct and i suppose they looked at our website and we probably saw it. so we learned an important lesson that was a bad bad timing don't mess with texas they also uh, rejected our license plate design too but because they of that video, they approved one for the with the Confederate flag. Did no, they really? no, no, no. They they voted unanimously against it. Oh, they did vote against after it after all okay. the PR came because initially it was half and half. We'll see. It was a split decision, and then Rick Perry got involved, and rational people got involved, and then it was unanimously against it. Yeah. So Rick Perry and rational people, <laughs> yeah. or I had to delineate between the two. Those are separate three parties. There were three people: rational people, irrational people. And um, <laughs> Confederates and people who pull um, videos. Uh, Political humor on the Rooster Teeth podcast. Oops. <laughs> SNL making fun of Rick Perry. They're not making anything up. No. They literally just just. If you guys, you know, talk, if you guys Perry's are going to awesome. talk about Rick Perry, then I'm going to talk about the ten year. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm okay. just telling you. Sorry, right it, now. it was just it was a popular internet video, so we were just making reference to it. <laughs> Will there be bunnies there? All right, moving what, on. What were we talking about? 
Well, we're, I, we're talking about double gold. Let's talk if, while we're on the subject of money, and while Jack is in the room. Jack, is there something that you would like to tell me? Yes, you son of a bitch. God, I'm so happy. I'm saying you're a cheater. There's your goddamn money. Cheater. So this bet was announced on the podcast, right? So I made a bet with Mr. Bernie Burns that Joel Heyman would not go to Australia. I was convinced that Joel... I get my my share. You get your cut of this. Take 20. Take 20. (laughs) No, no, I'm not giving you 40, fucker. You couldn't even get a C-note? Five, so okay, so Bernie, I'm wear, I found a new wristband. I just want to say, I just want to say, Bernie totally cheated in this one because because he gave Joel twenty dollars. No, because he gave Joel fucking first class to and from Australia. He did not give me first. class. Yes, he did. I absolutely he did not. Did not give he me first. Absolutely class. did. He did not give me you first business class. class. You were talking about your, your sleep pod, like you were Darth Vader. Come it on was now, business class. If you if you were sleep or if you were <laughs> in coach, wasn't, and he didn't. And you would not have gone to Australia if you were in coach flying for I, forty hours to I, and from. I paid. Uh, a good chunk of that of my own money. How, how much? But not all of it. Not all of it. Okay. I and and also, I mean, and where, where was, did the I, rest I, of that said, come from? I said my plan was. I said. I said there's no way I can sit on a plane for 24. Which hours. Which is why I was convinced there's no, you were there's not going to no go way Australia. I can do that. You know, and so I'm just going to draw a line in the sand. It's going to be like, well, okay, the only way I'm going to go is if I'm business class. And my bluff was called. And, and someone paid for it. So whether, you know, that 80 bucks that Bernie just got, you know, he still had to pay however much on top of that. <laughs> so, yeah, it so. doesn't offset the cost of Joel's <laughs> prima donna ticket while I'm humping it back in uh, Coach yeah, I felt, I felt – I felt genuinely bad for you guys. No, you didn't. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> Come on. I felt genuinely – I did. I felt genuinely bad for you guys. And, and I, I said te- – we talked about this last time. And I was like – I sent a text message to or whatever. It was like, oh, maybe we can flop out or whatever. But by the time that I had any opportunity to flop out with you guys, I had so much medication <laughs> running through my system that I couldn't – there's no way I could even walk. Anyway. He didn't sleep the entire I flight. Didn't sleep, no. He's in business that's, class. That's insane. That's insane. No. You, need to, you need to go see somebody on a regular basis and talk to them about the, how fucked up and stupid you are. The stewardess walk down the aisle Flight and they attendant. sit and they stare at you and they judge you while you're sleeping. Yeah. The no, they steward, don't. They look at me. They, the stewardesses line up in the aisle and they stare at me and they judge me. What? I have such I mean, a great photo take... of Matt, Jeff, and Gus sleeping on a plane. It looks like the Neanderthal Wax Museum, you know? I mean, like that, you know, in the Natural Science Museum yeah, yeah. where, like, they should be making fire. I got to – will you let me post it, yeah, Gus? Yeah, post it. God. Send it to me. I'll put it in the link down. So anyway, that being said, I pay off my bets. So you have your you have your money. Unlike some people we know who don't pay bets. Uh, yes, thank you. <laughs> when I so, was in, uh, got my sweet sweet international travel money. When I was in London with Gavin, I kept making bets with him. I kept making hundred pound bets with him. And by the end of it, he was like, "Yeah, I'm up two hundred pounds. You owe me two hundred pounds." I was like, "That's great. I'll pay you later." <laughs> I took it out to the airport. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, I, I welched on those bets. I, I can no, say no. Welsh. You he, welched. You on <laughs> <laughs> Irishman them. <laughs> you can't be held accountable. Like yeah, it's like being on an island or whatever. You had to find something to do. Yeah. So it's like none of that stuff can be. You can't be held accountable. I don't even remember. If you were, if you were to light Gavino on fire, that's fine. Speaking of bets, has anyone talked to Joel about his uh, his sports betting addiction? <laughs> oh, you bet on sports now. You know, Jack introduced me to this. I, I led Joel to water, and Joel drowned himself in that water. God, basically, I and I knew the day that you start betting on sports, there's no effing way you so can go we back. Went, and we went watch to Vegas. Don't say you. Sports. Just start saying I. You can't it's go now back. you. It's your no, problem. It's, it's everybody's so problem. We went to Vegas for Joel's 35th birthday, and while we were out there. <laughs> 1978, you went to Vegas? <laughs> <laughs> Did you see Sinatra? <laughs> and so uh, <laughs> so while, while we were out there, uh, we were, it was UT versus UCLA. They were That's playing. Right. 
And so I was like, hey, let's go to a sports book. And Joel had never been to a sports book in Vegas. All the times you've been in Vegas, I've never been to a sports book. I tried to avoid them on purpose. And so we go there and we put some money down on the game and UT won and it was great. And then Joel's like, I'm by the way, some- I want to interrupt you for just a moment. Uh-oh. The worst thing that can ever happen to you is the first time you gamble, you win. Winning. That's yeah, the absolutely. worst thing that can happen. Go ahead. And Which so, happens every time. Yeah. Yep. And they then, know. They can smell it on they you. Know, they know. <laughs> That's why you get a bit big the first time you ever gamble. Uh, but anyway, then after that, it was the OU versus Florida State game. So we put some more money on that, and that was exciting. And we won that one. And then I had a, I had a three-team parlay, and I won that one. It was great. It was fun. But now Joel has taken, taken it to the next level. I'm kind of a novice when it comes to betting. Explain to me what a parlay is. Parlay is when you make three bets, or you make you make one, you pay one time, but you say three things will happen. So you're gonna say like, oh, you will cover the spread, Texas will cover the spread, and like, let's say USC will not beat the spread. So you bet on all three of those. Yeah. If all three hit, you get like a, a multiplier. So like, the more bets you get, sure. it's exponential. So it's like for my fifty dollar bet, I made a three team parlay and I won like three hundred and ninety. And then, but if it was just if it was like those were all individual bets, I would have pro, I would have made maybe like maybe two hundred something like that. If you're an athlete and you know the spread, especially a basketball player, was so easy to score. How does that not affect you at the end of the game? Well, I'm not saying you would cheat and make money off I of don't it, think, but you're like, eh, today I'm going to put the other. Uh, the well, that, that's why they, they definitely frown on professional athletes betting. There's no I'm not saying betting, but just being aware of it. There's there's got to be. I mean, there's got to be games that are fixed. There has to be. Like the the NBA official that they, yeah, they yeah, caught that he was literally. It's just like he's not the only one. And that guy was acting like an idiot and got caught. I mean, it's just like that's how it is. There's there's no way. Any anywhere that you have big pools of money doing things, there's going to be people cheating. So like Wall Street, like Wall Street. They just they just did a, an audit of the Fed, right? Where they, they discovered sixteen trillion. Wait, 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 wait. Miniature bailouts, sixteen trillion dollars worth of miniature oh, bailouts. Oh, no, no, they, were, the, they didn't do an audit of the Fed. They, the Fed just released some numbers. Okay, like we still we have no idea what yeah. the true. You don't, you don't audit the Fed, right? Like that's no, impossible. no. We will, we'd like to audit the Fed because <laughs> God only knows. But the Fed released some numbers, and remember, I remember Ford like, oh, we didn't take any money. It was one of the big three who didn't take any money, and it was like, oh, we didn't make it. And they produced a commercial. We didn't take any money, and then they released the number, and they took money. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Of course they did, yeah. And uh, yeah. yeah, but people watch commercials; they don't read news. No, exactly, no. exactly. But it's funny that they were it's still, so still lie. <laughs> it's still a lie, right? But no, I'm just saying. But if you don't get caught, if people don't know, yeah, it's like a you know, it's a it makes it's a risk, and it, it makes sense. Like it. Well, listen, I'm I, sure I they, they, they consider that they consider like the you know the fallback. I bought a Ford truck this year because they didn't take bailout money. But they did take. I did, money. but they did, and the salesman even told me that he's had a banner year because so many people came in to buy trucks or you know by fords because they didn't want to buy from chevy because chevy took bailout money your really? truck's awesome though you got pulled over and you got a ticket because this cop saw your truck and he talked more about how great your truck was and asked you questions about it than he did the ticket Wait, okay what? i want to talk about something first you got pulled over that was uh like the first day i got the truck <laughs> yeah but <laughs> let me explain shiny. that let me explain that explain it so there's like eight school zones around our new office which kind of sucks yeah i mean i mean i get it they need to go back and forth yeah. to school, but children fucking soft, break. Right. Okay, let's they go can ahead. get out of the way of cars. They know. Better. <laughs> so they should teach them that in school. Don't get fucking hit by a car. <laughs> yeah, but you have a truck. I have, I have a smaller car, and I'm just worried about damage to my car. Well, they can see me coming. So we were in a, one of these like mile long school zones. Okay, so we're in the school zone, and all of a sudden, an ambulance passed us. By the way, going way faster than they should be in a school zone. Yeah. So I have to pull. They're over looking the right. for business, Bernie. I have to pull over to the right to let this ambulance by. Then we start to go again. Then a fire truck comes by, so we all pull back again, like, you know, just as we're about to get going again. So then the fire truck goes, we wait, give it a safe distance to get ahead of us, because that's the law. Then we all pull out and start driving. Well, we're still in the school zone after all that, and I forgot that. And so 
the cop is at the end of the school zone. He pulls over four of us. Ooh. And he talks to me, like Brandon said, for about 15 minutes, asking me how I like my truck. And he's thinking about getting one. I'm like being nice to the Wait, cop. Wait, was Brandon in the truck at the time? Yeah. Yeah. And so shoo, gives me a ticket. Fuck her. God damn. That was about six months ago. And so I just I just got another speeding ticket just the other day. I want to say something. Allison Stroll. Allison who, Stroll. Who runs Waypoint for 343 and is one of our main points of contact. Lovely there woman. At 343 Industries. Lovely woman. Beautiful person. Fucking jinx. She is a jinx. <laughs> Every time she talks about my driving, I got a car accident with her. Yes. And that was a pretty serious one. That was a six-car pileup we were in. Yeah. Every time she talks about my driving, I get another fucking ticket. Did you get a ticket, Bernie? Is that what happened? I did. I got another ticket the other night when we were leaving the highball from our event. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. again? I got a ticket two there, days ago. There was another incident in New Zealand. Because somebody's tweeting about my driving. <laughs> she tweeted. Uh, did, you get a, did you get a ticket in the six-car pileup? No, I did not. Well, that's the karma. I was in Jeff's car, though. Oh, that, that's... I borrowed his car to go to the airport. Car. That was actually this, your fault. This is how... Not my fault. Oh, I was supposed to drive. You were supposed to drive. And Well, I got my car accident, like, a month after that, so... But I got in a car accident in, in Los Angeles last week. Did you really? Oh, yeah, because yeah. you wrecked a rental car. Yeah. Although, I will say, I got... I got Fucking a, loser. The, uh, the, so, I slid into the back of a lady, because it was another thing where I was, I, we, they, they were waiting... Or she waited for a cop. Like, the light was red and went green. She, like, pulled forward, and then a cop passed in front of her, so she stopped. And then I didn't see, I looked away, and I looked up, and she was stopped. Um, so, so I, got a, I got a call from her yesterday. She called up. She said, my car is fine. They buffed it out. It was great. So don't worry about it. So, so we're, we're thank you very, very much. Cops cause more accidents than they fix. That's Absolutely. what I'm hearing yep. here. Yep. Cops and education are the bane of traffic. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing. I have another really funny uh, car accident story. <laughs> but I want to talk about that, that car that you rented, Jack. Yeah. You rented a car from Advantage Rent-A-Car. I'm not kidding. I've never seen a rental car like this. They oh rented him God. like a 1995 <laughs> Mercury. What was it? Uh, Grand Marquis. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it was like the drug runner car. It was awesome. It was like this most ghetto vehicle ever. They're like, you got to make three stops around LA while you got this no, car. We, we popped the trunk. It's the like tr- a Saints Row mission. <laughs> you, put like, you put like 10 bodies in that trunk. It was huge. And it was like art. Like the shocks were kind of blown on it. So it was low to the ground. Oh my God. That's not a warning sign at all. Dude, it was a terrible car. So I, I haven't gotten a call from yet. So they might have been like, fuck it. And just like scrap the car. You know, it was probably like one of the guys who worked at the shop, like gave you his car because yeah. they were out of cars for the day. Do you remember something similar happened to us once where we got a car? I think it was the first time I went to Seattle. We we parked it in the parking lot, went to eat dinner at a restaurant, came back out, and someone had fucking nailed the car in the parking lot. Yeah. And it was fucked up. And we just took it and dropped it off at the car rental place, and they never said anything about it. <laughs> Gus, by the way, has an awesome memory. I'm going to test you here. What was the restaurant? It was Bahama Breeze. God damn. He's wow. right. That is unbelievable. That, yeah. that, that's what happened. Somebody dented the shit out of it. After you go through enough accidents and enough rental cars, you do get the idea that the, the employees at the rental car place, they don't really want to deal with it either. No. So, I mean, they sort of want to pass it on to someone to else. The next they, they, they don't want to deal with it. Yeah. So, I tell you, when I rented a rental car in New Zealand, the lady at the counter goes, Do you want the insurance? Now, keep in mind, New Zealand's the other side of the street when you drive. We, they drive on the left side. And uh, I said, nah, I don't think so. And she like looked at me. My <laughs> why? Yeah, and why? I go, yeah, I do. She goes, yeah, you do. <laughs> sure enough, I wrecked the rental car in New Zealand, dude. I drove it into a guardrail like 100 kilometers an hour. <laughs> yeah, Bernie was driving a, like a maniac that whole trip. I mean, there's no like – they don't have roads like we, we have roads. They're, they're small and they're winding and on top of hills. We were driving back from the hotel to catch our plane that we knew wasn't going to take off. And yet somehow all three of us were screaming at each other the entire way. <laughs> and like you I had your nav, Brandon had his nav system out on his phone. We were in the car. I took the screaming. same way I've been that told everybody, was a great every navigator. cab has taken. He's the worst fucking no. navigator in the no. world. No. He's terrible. Gus, it's like, okay, if we're driving 
We're going to drive like 200 kilometers. We're going from Auckland to a place called Mata Mata. 120 miles. You know that scene in Empire go. Strikes Back where the Millennium Falcon is flying through the asteroids? Yeah. That was what it was like. I'm going to narrate my actions here and tell you what I'm doing. Brandon, you're the navigator. So he sits in the passenger seat in the front. He goes, okay. I said, so you get us to Mata Mata. Here's exactly what he does. In Auckland. We're in downtown Auckland. He goes, okay. Looks it up. He goes, Mata Mata. Yeah, it's 200 kilometers away. He goes, Take a left on Columbus, then take a right on Miller, then get on one and go south <laughs> for two hours, and then take a left on Duckland. Okay, puts his phone away. I'm like, that's not what a fucking navigator does. And then, and then when he's watching, I tell him he has to watch his phone. He literally would go, you were supposed to turn back there. <laughs> no, that's no, no, navigate. Yeah, but I told you where to turn before that. Bernie has this thing where like you're like, okay, you're going to turn at this street, and it's about half a mile up ahead. And it's just like he expects you like right when that turn to come up to tell him. But it's just well, like, I told, you, it yeah, like <laughs> I told you where to turn. It's just like, okay, it's about 50 seconds away, 49 seconds, 48 seconds, 46 seconds. You could seconds. be like, hey, the turn's coming up on your right right there. I that, with that's you. the street right yeah. there. I, I, this is what I had to sit in the middle of. Plus, like, I don't know what it was, <laughs> but our phones were dying. Like, if you there had was, your phone out, there you was, saw the percentage going down. There was a period in our country. There was a, a period in our country called the MapQuest years. Right. Where it was before Google Maps, and it was just an arriving technology, and basically nothing on MapQuest correlated to the actual planet whatsoever. <laughs> yes. So, but it would tell you, it would give you instructions, and you get there, and you follow and be like, there is no highway here. And it's like you learn many valuable lessons during those years. The directions were great, too. They were too specific. It was like 100 directions for like a four-turn trip. And they, they would tell wrong. you when to change lanes and merge onto the freeway. I remember, yeah, I remember it was like, turn left, turn left, turn left. You know, it's just like, just, why don't you just tell me to turn right? You know, just like, it would, it would <laughs> that, take that, you to like, that service was made for Bernie. That's, that's, that's the requirement. You're like, you and have then, to act like a GPS. That's what you have to do. You're going to say, here's a street up here, turn right there. Not in four miles, turn right. It wasn't Then four in five miles. miles, you go, that was the street. It was in five <laughs> miles. And like, so I told us how to get back to the airport, and it was a straight line, the same way all the cabs take. There were signs that said airport this way. And Bernie was like, why didn't we take the highway that was five miles out of our way? He took, us, he took us off on a road. He took us through traffic lights while we were trying to catch a plane. As opposed to going down 35 like a freeway, mm-hmm. he decides let's go through the middle of town and go through it's, it's traffic. Just, as an American, it's disconcerting when you're headed towards an airport, airport and you're not on a highway. Yeah. Right? We're going to link dump the Bernie, Bernie and I's routes, and you're going to see how far out of the way his route went. Why don't we talk about when we drove through the countryside and we took 40 turns? Every single person I talked to, and any New Zealanders who are listening to this can back me up, said you want to avoid Hamilton by all costs and to take 1B. That was what they all said. He's the worst. No, 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 no. He's slamming that table. If you were on the Titanic as an navigator, I can't slam the you table. would say, I'm, I'm, there's an iceberg, and they would say, where? you go, in the water. <laughs> no, that's bullshit. No, he'd be like, no, he would say, it's in the hole. <laughs> Crunch right there. <laughs> We, we hit it ten minutes ago. I feel like I feel like the, the, the trip would have been way more successful if I just had a hand on the wheel and I just took care of it. That Dude, way. you were free to drive at any point. <laughs> you don't think you drove once? Did you yeah. ever drive? No, I did not drive. How could you not drive? It's like a totally new experience driving that side of the car. The, when we went down there and you had a rental car that first time we went in Wellington, we all tried to parallel park. Fuck, and that. we all said fuck that. Like we all tried. We probably were there for an hour, switching out between all of us, trying to parallel park, and we just gave up. I tried a couple times this time and gave up too. Yeah, yeah it's just it's completely backwards in your head, completely backwards. But, but that place was cool. The place we stayed in in Mata Mata was awesome. No, the photos you, you posted were just insane. They looked fake. They looked so cool or so nice. It was fake. The, the best comment was uh, you took a picture of the the windows wallpaper. 
Yeah, right. Yeah. It looks like the default the Windows, Windows desktop yeah. background. Yeah. You know, um, it was just Bernie and I on the trip. Uh, Joel stayed behind. And when we came back, Joel was relaxed in a way that I've never seen him. Like he was completely stress free to the point where I wanted to take his passport and shred it, so he had to stay there. Was I, that was I, that after Game Five of the World Series? I knew, <laughs> no, I, it, was, it was before. It was before. I knew what I had missed, so I was very relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was like in a car lost somewhere. I know how that goes? No, it was very relaxed. It's a beautiful country. Some sheep. There's some jogging. Hills, breezes. In, international <laughs> travel stresses me out. I'm gonna keep it real for a second and tell you why. Keep it real. Asian people in surgical masks scare the fuck out of me. <laughs> They really do, dude. When I see an Asian person wearing uh, a surgical mask in public, I'm it like, is very what? disconcerting. It is like that when the first time that sort of caught on was like bird flu, right? I guess it was, was SARS. Was it, it, sorry, it was it SARS in two thousand three? Yeah, no, but that's what I'm saying. Is like that that is a fairly recent phenomenon, no, right? Like before people in Japan would wear them sometimes too for pollution. I guess so, but it's like it, I, I don't remember seeing them, or they didn't like concern yeah, me. The as first much time I really saw it was SARS. Yeah, and then they were everywhere. There were airports. Were they, they, were on, were they on an airplane place. or something like so, that? So See, if you saw like a Russian guy with a mask, you'd be like, okay, that's fine. Well, it's like an Asian guy shows he's, up. He's oh like, no! At this point, I think I'd be more scared if I saw a, guy, a Russian guy in one because I don't associate that with like Russian people wearing surgical masks. But yeah, it's like when you're deboarding a plane. I never notice it getting on the plane. But then it's after you've been on the plane for 18 hours, and, and you're, you're going to deboard your way, and you look to your right, and there's the little old Asian lady in the fucking surgical mask. You're like, ah, oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, where was she sitting? Does she have something, or does she think I have something? What does she know that I don't about this plane? I mean, you're sharing. That's it. You're in the, you're in the tube. I think most, over, most people on. wear that mask thinking it'll keep germs out, but that's not really what the purpose of those masks are. It's like when you sneeze and cough, it holds that particulate in. Look, it's a so good it thing, not a bad thing. But yeah. It makes me think it's a bad no, thing. No, I, I know. I, I feel no, bad. I mean, I'd rather see someone board an airplane with an AK-47 <laughs> than a surgical mask. No, I mean, I really would because it's like... It's Seriously. Just, wherever you're flying next, you're getting the secondary. I can tell you right now. Uh, you have been flagged by the TSA. <laughs> so Bernie tried to kill me on the trip. It's like finding a hair in the bottom of a cup of pudding. You don't, it's like you're <laughs> probably okay, but it's just like, you're like, ah, oh, fuck. What just, just happened? Or you just like a fly at the bottom of your cup. Like, ah, oh, god damn it. I just read, there. like the fly has a surgical mask. <laughs> yeah. I just read yesterday that this couple is suing the AirTran airline because their flight, I want to say from Atlanta to Houston, was infested with cockroaches. Yep. Oh, that's awful. And before they told the flight attendants, they took a bunch of pictures. And then they, and well, they said they told the flight attendant, the flight attendants said they couldn't do anything about it. They're suing for well, what do damages. What? what do you mean? What do you mean infested? What does infested mean? They were coming out of the air vents. Oh, yeah, but how, how they, many? They said they saw them coming out of the air vents, and they saw them in the overhead baggage compartment. So multiple ones. I don't know how many beyond that. But what's the damage what? to them? I mean, like oh, some people are really fucking scared of bugs. Really? Yeah. I mean, yes. I mean, if are. you're scared of bugs and you're like, "Well, I'm trapped. I'm trapped." That's got to be. You no. know what? I find? People who are scared of bugs also tend to be people who are afraid to fly. So that would be a bad combo. Name yeah. name ten people. If you put surgical masks <laughs> at any of those cockroaches, <laughs> that would be a fucking wreck. Ten people that are afraid of bugs and afraid of flying. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I guess basically, I'm, I'm just going to list every woman I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How, How many people wives do you know? Yeah. Okay, I, so so Bernie tried to kill you in New Zealand. Bernie tried to murder me in New Zealand. <laughs> well, he obviously oh, didn't I, succeed. <laughs> so, would you like to hear this story? Well, as an American, you get one freebie overseas. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> so, here, here, I, I want to tell you the story, and I'm glad Brandon didn't tell it without me here last time. Nope. So, okay. guys, I'm going to tell you the story of Brandon and the electric fence. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! 
I love it already. So, are there pictures? I'm gonna ask yeah, there are. Okay. There are, Gus. You want to see my picture? <laughs> I want you to. I want you to send them to me. <laughs> so, as you know, New Zealand has a reputation for having a lot of sheep and livestock in general, but it's also very pretty and very scenic. So you have these like rolling green hills that are dotted with these little sheep. It's so gorgeous, and you can literally pull over anywhere on the road and stop, and it's the most scenic thing that you've seen in probably a year and a half of your life. Um, and so we reached this one point where there was a kind of like a rest stop and it was up on the top of one of these hills and we were looking over this huge valley and we were pointing out the sheep that were just across this fence from us. And I looked down at the fence while Brandon is going, this is amazing. This is the best thing I've ever seen. And I see this big sign saying, no, 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 it was not fence. a big sign. I have a picture no, of the there's sign. There's no billboard. <laughs> like, well, not a billboard. A billboard obviously. is not, a billboard is beyond a big okay, sign. I, I, I get it. Uh, no, no, it was not a big sign. It was a small sign. It was a small sign that was located to the right of Bernie. It was nowhere near me. Okay, and that's the sign. Okay, it's not huge. It's not as big as no, I was. And it then. wasn't close to me. It was. Completely it is yellow by though, Bernie. and it stands out based on the color. And it shows a hand with lightning coming out. And we were, we were <laughs> in the center. middle of nowhere. I think there's no way that could have been electrified. We're gonna, we're gonna post this picture, and then everyone can weigh in. <laughs> Please, you have to so, send me these pictures for the link, though. So we're standing at the fence, and we're looking over the fence, and it's a barbed wire fence. And we're looking, and I see this electric fence sign. So immediately, I think, how the fuck do I get Brandon to <laughs> the electric fence? <laughs> and so I was thinking so fast, because the sign's right there, and it's yellow, and he's going to see it. And I, and I, I said, I said, yeah. I said, oh, be careful, because that wire is barbed wire, the top wire. I go, don't watch that. He goes, I know what barbed wire is. <laughs> <That's> stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, and then there's that other wire beyond yeah. it, which is just the, the, a, yeah. a bare electric, wire, yeah. and it's it's being held out by plastic posts, so I'm like, that's the electric wire, and I go, yeah, I go, <laughs> and keep, keep in mind, dude, I was thinking fast here, I, I pointed the other wire, the bare wire, and I go, I go, yeah, that's miniature, I go, that's miniature barbed wire, you yeah. can't even <laughs> see the bar, <laughs> yeah, cause I, thought, I forgot, I forgot that you worked at a fencing company for 10 years, how do you know, how do you know that doesn't exist, are you an expert? I said the, the barbs are so small that you can't see them, but you can feel them. And he immediately goes, really? And reaches for it. I got to tell you guys, it was like time stopped. He went, oh my he God. went really? He's like reaching for this wire. Did you, intern, was, did you intern at a fencing company? Was that, was that your trade? Or you're just a like complete expert? Look, what I'm saying is like, how do I know that's not true? Am I an expert on fences? Am I ex- am I at the forefront of that technology? Brandon, am no I one, to no one thinks you are an expert at fences. <sighs> Nobody. Nobody. Or reading the, yellow you, signs. You do not have to worry about that. Oh I'm God. so sorry. I trust uh, my boss. Jack, if you I realize, was... you realize you're going to kill me in the future. You're going to tell me that something is dangerous. I'm going to be like, ho, ho, Bernie, you're trying to fuck with me. You're going to murder me. Oh my god. Jack, if I was an anime character, my eyes would have been like this big and like doing that quivering watery thing. Yeah, you know? yeah. I was like, oh please, oh please. He's like reaching for it. I'm like, it's gonna happen. So, so what happened? We so, were in the middle of nowhere. There was nothing electrified about it. There were no power lines anywhere. So he grabs the wire and he's yanking on it going, I don't feel the barbs. I'm like, what Yanking happened? it? Oh, I barely touched it. It's like touching. What it. was your explanation, Bernie? Oh, it probably didn't shock you because you had rubber shoes and you I, were. Sitting- that's the only thing I could guess is that he had rubber soled shoes on. Okay. Give me, give me my friend. It might I, not. It might not had current running through it because typically, are, do you, have you been around electric fences much? Because they pulse. They pulse. Yeah. So I try to get him to hold on to it a little longer. I even talk, thought about grabbing him and then grabbing, shocking myself, yeah. like <laughs> grounding us so that we, he would get the shock. 
It was so oh, disappointing. Was Such like, a letdown. I'm surprised you didn't like throw a bucket of water on him. <laughs> <laughs> is I going to push it over the edge? What am I going to do here? I grabbed his hand and licked my finger and stuck it in the cigarette lighter. Fin- finally, Bernie just stabbed him. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to take the anticipation and just stab him. And so what happened? Did he go like, I was kidding. They're not miniature bar. I was trying to get you electrocuted. Like, what did he say after that? He, he laughed like an idiot. I was so disappointed, guys. It ruined, like, the rest of the day for me. I, I, he, had, he was holding the wire and pulling on it, <laughs> trying to feel the miniature bars. I wasn't holding on it and yanking on it. I barely touched it. I, like, skimmed my finger on it because I, I didn't think there was, like, little pieces of, like, little pieces of barbed wire. But it could have been really bar. coarse. It could have been, like, if you slid your hand on it, it could have been very uncomfortable. I and you could have been like, that was very uncomfortable. I'm not going to cross this wire. He was very incredulous after I told him what I tried to do, too. He said, like, <sighs> I could have been killed. What would you have done if I had died out here? Like, electric fence is going to kill him. Plus, there's national health care, right, in New Zealand? <laughs> You'd have been covered. Once again, Bernie explaining his expertise on electric fences. Yeah. Cows are more valuable than you are. And they wouldn't <laughs> no, 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 they cow. are. In New Zealand? <laughs> it's like 2,000 cows. Uh, and Michael would have been happy because where we stayed was a pony farm. Uh, yeah, with little ponies everywhere. I, I, I don't even want to talk about that. No, I don't. I don't blame. They you. kept sending me like text messages along with pictures and like we're at the pony farm. We love it here. And then like send me a picture of a picnic or whatever. <laughs> like trying to like get me down there or whatever. But see, I know Bernie, so I knew it was just an attempt to like murder me on the road somehow or whatever. So have you ever touched an electric fence? No, no, but it has to be hilarious when somebody else does it. And you know that, that accident, quote accident we had? Uh, Bernie rammed the car against the guardrail on my side of the car. That's that true. was the follow-up. Yeah, it was next to me. Oh, yeah, I guess it would have been. Yeah, he should show me the picture. Like, it's on the passenger side. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm sorry, it's backwards. Yeah, oh, yeah. there was a truck 20 feet away. It was my only option. Dude, these roads are like... They're like 10 feet wide, and there's a huge tanker of – all they have are tankers of milk truck. <laughs> milk. It's just like these huge like 18 wheelers that haul gas in America. There it's all milk. Huh. Huge tankers filled with milk. So he opted to hit the guardrail uh, on a bridge with like a giant uh, – a giant – Let's choose to hit the guardrail. Yeah, chose. <clears throat> Action movies in New Zealand must be much less poignant. <laughs> <laughs> into the tanker truck and it doesn't exist. just milk. Yeah, the end of Terminator 2 really yeah, sucks like, in New Zealand. <laughs> It's like he gets dunked in milk. <laughs> oh no, I'm lactose intolerant. <laughs> D one thousand. Did you guys talk about um? What was the other thing we were just talking about? Uh, the tanker. Oh, did you guys talk about the fact that uh, there was a gas line rupture in New Zealand while we were there? No. Okay, so there was a there was a lot of things that happened to us while we were in New Zealand. One of the first things that happened was that that, that gas line rupture affected like I, I don't know what it affected. It affected the northern me. end of the North Island, yeah, which was that included me. So like for the first five days in New Zealand, I didn't have uh, hot water really, like a natural gas of, line. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So their their solution was they got it kind of repaired right away, but then what they said was residents can have gas, but commercial businesses cannot. But commercial businesses include all the hotels with the tourists in them. Oof. So no one could take showers. Joel could not take a shower. Not a I, took, I took showers. They were just freezing. Yeah. They were invigorating. How, how long was it? Like no. how many days? Uh, like four well, When you get a cold days, shower, yeah. it gets smaller. <laughs> and then, and then, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then, the, uh, then by the time we left, uh, Qantas went on strike and we lost uh, air travel by the time we left. So visiting New Zealand was like playing a game of civilization backwards, basically. <laughs> you just strip away all the, all the things you've really gained. Weird. Did I tell you – did I talk about the desserts? 
Yeah. Like, on oh, the you, last you, one? you did not talk on the podcast. You told me in like my I decided I decided I was only going to eat desserts that week when they were at the pony farm. I was like, I'm only going to eat desserts. And so I would uh, order like this. Uh, I ordered like uh, an ice cream sundae the first day. And it like – so they sent me this like – chocolate cake with like whipped cream on top of it and i was like oh that's interesting or whatever and so i ordered that and then the next day i ordered like ice cream sandwiches mm-hmm. and the ice cream sandwiches were just like chocolate cake squares with whipped cream in the middle and i'm like oh okay that's fine okay and i ate that and then you, the said next maybe day, you thought maybe ice cream was different i was like what's going on like with these dishes it's like the, the ice cream here is like very it's like whip, whipping cream or whatever it was like oh it's, it's weird i didn't know that ice cream was different in new zealand on well, the fifth day i ordered like just ice cream and it's like i guess they had just run out of ice cream <laughs> <laughs> all they had was whipping cream and chocolate cake squares and they're just the main, arranging them the main in ingredient <laughs> is uh, in ice cream is natural gas <clears throat> you know that is it? Man. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to series of these. Uh, uh, why, do you, why do you have to start that? The funny thing is I'll let it mine out. I want to edit their yeah, show. Yeah, you're going to cut yours out. <laughs> there are so many dairies, though, in northern North Island, New Zealand, uh-huh. that... Be, yeah. Are you making tortilla soup today? I am making tortilla soup today. Uh, it should be ready at 2 o'clock. Okay, cool. Maybe a little after. Thanks. What's up with that hat? That'll be that was Michael right out of the podcast. interrupting to ask if I was making him lunch today. And I am. I'm making tortilla soup. But um, what Michael doesn't so many, know is that it's highly poisonous. No. <laughs> there's so many uh, dairies in the North Island that because they didn't have natural gas and they fell under the commercial ban for right, natural gas, they lost what did they lose? Like twenty million, not some, twenty million a day. Yeah, twenty million. Wow. That's what they estimated because they couldn't pasteurize the milk. Twenty million what a day? Dollars. Because because of, like they couldn't pasteurize the milk. Yeah, so they were losing their their product for the Holy day. Holy shit! For like six days in a row, and because it was cheaper because they were throwing out the milk, they ended up. They said this. I don't know how this works. They were irrigating with milk. That's right. Yeah, they were throwing all the milk in fields or whatever and just like – it was very weird. Wow. Because yeah. – yeah, right? I had that same That's look. That's bizarre. Yeah, it's like can you irrigate with milk? But apparently they were doing that because it was cheaper. The funny thing is the corn I, had really strong bones I, <laughs> from that crop. I, Kelsey, I swear to not know what happened. New Zealand is like one of the levels in Nintendo where like everything's made out of chocolate cake or whatever. It's just like everything's pretty – It's like that Simpsons episode, The Land of Chocolate. <laughs> exactly. The, the, the clouds look like the bushes. Have you ever seen that before from Super Mario? Uh, it's one of, I, one that, of the things that you never noticed until somebody points it out. Yeah, I guess so. That the bushes are the same as the clouds. They just uh, color them. Very clever. It will yeah. fuck with you yep. forever. Someone made a great point about Super Mario last night. I tweeted how I, I'd love to be the bad guys in all the first-person shooters. Like I'd love to invade some other world and just like just try to take over and steal natural resources. You are an American. Yeah. Someone said that, that that's really the plot of Mario. Like this plumber from our our world sneaks into whatever whatever that's called Mushroom Kingdom. Mushroom Kingdom starts eating everything, like killing all the inhabitants. Imperialism. The there you go. Holder. I think uh, <clears throat> Miyamoto's birthday was yesterday or today, and he turned fifty nine. I'm not. I'm not going to accept this alternative view of Mario. He's getting his girlfriend back. Yeah. And this is army. He's fighting the army of the bad guy. You can't turn that into something negative, some kind of monopolistic, you know, capitalistic, imperial mushrooms, and, mushrooms and turtles. How did he ever manage? Yeah, so you, don't, you don't think in any cases of imperialism throughout history there haven't been, you know, those people who are being Mar- oppressed. Mario is the one percent. No, like they've they've done anything to the to the state. Like they haven't attacked <laughs> or they haven't like you know. Taking anybody? Uh, well, I'll tell you what. Said, why don't you put that on yourself? What, give me an example where somebody stole the Queen of England's husband and she had to like invade that country to get him back. Are we, are we specifically talking about princesses and queens? And <laughs> sure, why not? I mean, what's, give me an example of how somebody did something and that uh, started not, imperialism. Not, not, not to get Brandon, but what about like Helen of Troy? What's that? Like Helen of Troy. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be really stupid. Is that a true story? 
Well, it's, it's <laughs> who knows? Greek mythology, <laughs> sure. There are a lot of hostages. The, 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 the wasn't the <clears throat> Trojan War an actual event? Or yeah, was the it Trojan just, War was an event. Yeah, but a lot of the stories. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, it's been embellished or. Yeah, they they have a tendency to do that. She was really only a seven out of ten. <laughs> but back then, like you back know, then, that was the hottest you could find was like a three. Yeah, so seven. Was she like, really went a long way. <laughs> Thank you, Jack. I'm glad you're here to to play along with that one. No worries. Well, another cool thing we got to do when we were down in New Zealand is that we were invited to visit the set of The Hobbit, and that's really what we were doing. We were on a pony farm, I and mean, we were at this cottage in the middle of Matamata, New Zealand, and we got to spend a day. Uh, watching them film the new Hobbit movie in the Shire. Nice. Awesome. Which was awesome. And I would like to be able to post pictures from that, but we weren't allowed to. Obviously, it's a high-security environment. Right. And we weren't allowed to take pictures out of there. But we were there with a, a reporter for Ain't It Cool News, who we know is Quint. His name is Eric Vespi, and he's been posting. I've been he linking po- he on Twitter. He posted some pictures. Yeah. yeah. And in my journal on Rooster I posted some links to his reports, and you can see the days that we were there. We'll make sure to put that in the link. Dude, well. that was awesome. That, that was awesome. That was the nicest crew ever. Even even the security guard was just like, "Hey, what are you guys here for?" Well, those are the, that's the Kiwis. The Kiwis are just really nice people. Yeah, you can stop and talk to anybody until, they call, like until, until they call them a Nazi. Then, yes. you, then you have to fight them, all of them. Actually, the Australians. <laughs> yeah, that's true. If you if they're out if they're out of the country and you say, "Oh, you're from Australia," they will fucking lose it. They will <laughs> lose it. And we also we we landed in New Zealand on a very good day because we landed the day after the All Blacks won the Rugby World Cup, which mm-hmm. was which was awesome. So the, New Zealand was in party mode when we showed up. Nice. Which was pretty cool. Were, there weren't any riots. It's not like an American team winning a, a, yeah, a right. championship. Yeah, they, they like tipped over sheep and burned them. <laughs> <laughs> they, they all went out and grabbed the electric fence. <laughs> that's but, why it wasn't working. Yeah, that's right, because they were out of power. God, what if the natural gas somehow affected that electric fence being off? That would be the greatest tragedy of all. You yeah, that me- would be the greatest tragedy in the history of The time. greatest what? Tragedy. What you I- owe me a gigantic shock. You owe me one gigantic shock. That's what you owe me. You owe me workers' comp. I set that up. Hey, listen, yeah, get, you get on the scissor lift and stick your finger in a light socket. That's <laughs> all we want. Just one. Let, us, let us film it. Damn, I can't believe that wasn't paid off. That was so. That was such a disappointment in my life. But the crew was awesome. Like Major that crew. barbed wire, <laughs> invisible barbed wire. It's, a, invisible. it's like a, uh, you didn't start, not say invisible. <laughs> no, I did say miniature. They're so small you can't see the barbs. <laughs> it, the best How part was, was that all possible. I wanted him to see, like, if he got shocked that he actually. I felt the barb. <laughs> That's what I was hoping oh for. Oh my god! But the cat, the the crew of the Hobbit movies that that works for I guess it, is it Wingnut that makes them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the films. And uh, you have never met a more specialized group of people. Like you talk to everybody what they do, and they are so so specialized. Like for instance, the lady who sat next to us while we were watching the monitor while while we watched the scene film between a certain wizard and a certain short person. Um, I'm not sure if I can say. Uh, what she did is she put hair on things. That was her job. So she had these like knee-high latex hobbit feet with leggings that went all the way up to the knees. And she would stipple hair on it. And like She'd take a handful of hair in one hand and she had this little needle barb device. And she would just sit there and like add a hair at a time to the feet. Holy shit. That's what she did. So I said, I got to ask you, like, how did you learn to do this? What do you do? She came from Madame Tussauds Wax Museum, and she was the person who put hair on the wax statues. And I, we had to ask, like, what's the worst ones? And she had done, like, uh, what's that guy's name? Troy Palomalu oh, from yeah. the Pittsburgh Steelers. She did him. I thought and- you were going to say Ringo Starr. Or Robin Williams. <laughs> 
that guy's like a lion. And she did Kim Kardashian, which is fucking lame. But yeah, she did that. Hopefully she Who hasn't? Like Chewbacca. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey. Boom. I haven't. <laughs> I think the wax statue's more real than Kim is. But you know what? She said the hardest one was of them all. She said David Beckham's the hardest because he had a shaved head. And you have to get all the follicles perfectly spaced oh. so that it looks right. Can you imagine that? The precision that that would take? Can you – what is she <laughs> – I can't imagine how you prepare for a career in that. I, who knows? Who knows? And so then she did that. Like she's the, the hair person at Madame Tussauds. And so she ends up now as the hair person at Wingnut mm. putting hair on Hobbit's feet. Wow. And it looked awesome. I mean those, those – those, whoever made the latex feet and the leggings, I mean you would get right up next to it and look at it. And it looks like – it looks like you're looking at a bin full of feet, real feet. Yeah, It's kind of creepy. They're super durable. It's not like they have to be applied and remade each time they use them. You just – it's like – can, can they, Are they reusable? Like when they put them on, they can take them off? And then, yeah, like this, they just had a bin. You just grab your feet, huh, put them interesting. on. Weird, yeah. All right. We, we, got sure? meet, we got to meet Peter Bat Jackson. We're going to wrap things up soon, but I'll let you continue for now. Talk about the Halo movie. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Time to wrap it up. No. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, do you, what do you say about the Halo movie? Uh, I, you know, I mean, he, I, he, he's nothing like, oh yeah, we're secretly working on it. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's nothing like that. Breaking I mean, news. It's just like we, he, you know, he knew about Red vs. Blue. I think his kid watches Red vs. Blue. And so, oh, nice. so we chatted about Halo and just how we both hope there'll be a Halo movie at some point. It was cool. a surreal moment. Like, all I could think about is, what do I need to talk about? Like, well, what do I say to him? Well, if anything, I mean, he helped introduce Neil Blomkamp to the world, which is kind of cool. Who was the original director? He of was going to be the director movie. of Halo, who, who yeah. did uh, District Nine. Yeah, which District Nine was fantastic, and only imagine a Halo movie with that sort of <clears throat> level of detail. That'd been great. Man, it's really interesting too because Neil Blomkamp has not done or announced anything since District Nine, right? I could have sworn there was a trailer for something he he was doing. I don't know, maybe not. Gus, yeah, you'll but- be happy to know this. Do you know who just put out a teaser? Um, for a movie that he's working on? Is it the Snow White and the Huntsman? No, it is not. Hunger Games? I want to get this name right, and I'm not going to get the first name right. Shane Carruth just put out a teaser for Oh, movie, really? Who is the writer-director yeah. of Primer, who oh, has not made a movie since yeah, yeah, 2005. Yeah. I guess he probably made that movie in 2004, and it just made the festival circuit in 2005. What? Shut up. When did this teaser come out? <laughs> uh, it came out a while ago. It's all text. <clears throat> The, the, which you'll love too. The trailer's all text. It's like text on colored backgrounds. Interesting. Big, huge words. And I believe it's called The Topiary. Oh, I did see that. You did see that? Yeah, I did see that. Yep. Uh, Blomkamp is working on a movie. I'm looking up information. Blomkamp's working on a movie called Elysium or Elysium. It comes out in 2013. I'm okay. working on that. With Matt Damon, Jodie Foster, Matt and Damon. William Fitchner. Well, there you William go. William Fitchner, who's that? He's the guy from uh, Shawshank, right? Uh, the stuttering guy? Was he in Shawshank? I don't remember him from that. He's like, he's like that creepy looking guy. You, you, you'll, you'll recognize him. Oh, no, no. That's the guy who's in everything, yeah. man. Yeah, that guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was in uh, uh, The Longest Yard, the remake with Adam Sandler. He was the security guard, the he's warden. Like the middle-aged, super buff dude. Yeah. God, is he something, something just recently? He, he was the blind guy in Contact. Yes. He was in Go. He was, <laughs> he was in Go. He was in dry, what, Drive Fast, whatever that Nicolas Cage movie. Yeah, he was. That, that 3D Drive movie. Angry. Drive Angry, yeah. Give me that twenty dollars, Joel. Don't. I think casting agencies just, just have a folder full of those guys, those actors. William H Macy, I feel like, was like that for. You, you want to find someone? Stephen Tobolowski. Look, look at all the movies Stephen Tobolowski. I would if I could spell Tobolowski. He's a uh, he's yeah. the bald dude. He's the bald guy. Yeah. He, he he was uh, Ned so there, Ned Ryerson from every actor uh, changing Groundhog their name Day. to something simple. But, See how that was talking, Joel. He started uh, Ned Ryerson from Groundhog Day. He's been in something like six hundred movies, yeah. or something like that. There's actually a movie. It's uh, Stephen Tobolowski's birthday party. It's like it's like him telling stories about movies he's worked on. It's really cool. 
So okay, we need, we need to wrap oh. up. We need to wrap oh. up. <laughs> this is like getting to be the longest podcast ever. Yeah. Oh. All right. Yay! Well, thanks for joining Yay everyone. For the longest podcast. It was good having you. Where, where are we going for lunch? You're making uh, lunch I'm, for Skippy, right? Tortilla soup. Yeah, I've got a long podcast to cut together late in the day. I love you. Yeah. All right. Bye.